welcome to MiceCast with your hosts, Greg, Mike, and Shaft. <laughs> Shaft. Yeah, I'm uh, everyone laugh. I get my music going on that one. Uh, <laughs> you, can only, you can never live up to it, so we'll, we're not going to play I, for you. Your voice can't go that deep. Uh, I know, I can't go that deep. All right, boys. Okay. We have, I uh, guess we're doing, we're doing the mailbag here, right? Yeah, it sounds sure. like a good plan. Really... All right, well, uh, well, we also have a Mouse Buster segment. We're doing that at the end. So that, that's to, the other thing I was going to mention. You have yes, to stay tuned. All right, so let's jump into um, one funny oh, email yes. we got. We'll just jump right into it. There's okay. nothing to answer here. It's, it's only something to enjoy. Okay, wait, wait a second. How, are you going to do the voices with this, or are you going to just kind of read it? I, I, you know, Hey, I did a really good job the other day when we were listening to all those shows. And <laughs> the, 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 movie the movie tone <laughs> thing. Um, I was actually expecting some email after your comments where people were ragging on me for that, but... No. Um, I think must it came out. It. All right. So Mike, Greg, and Shaft. First off, it's nice to hear Greg back in the podcast somewhat regularly. Well, I thought I was real regular. I lately, thought so, but, too. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, the show without him just didn't quite have the same. Acerbic. Yes. that exa- I was going to look that up. I just haven't had time. Attitude that is so refreshing. Well, thank you. I appreciate the, the comments. And As- Acerbic means the like, show. Kind of like biting, you know. Oh, okay. Short. Right. Acid okay. tongue. Yeah, there you uh, go. A little, little bit of nastiness there, yes. All right, thank you. Anyway, the reason I'm writing is because I had to share a recent experience I had at the Magic Kingdom with those who might appreciate it in every bit of its family, unfamily glory. Unfriendly glory. I'm sorry. Family, family un- unfriendly. Un- sorry, yeah, it's it's very small type. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, there's a little button where you can change the size of the font as you read it. Uh, what is, what's, the, what's the warranty on the LASIK? Is it expiring here soon or what? I was going to say, you got a big, huge monitor that you're sitting there watching. <laughs> okay, you know, I also have it at the highest resolution, which is the sharpest with the smallest. Uh, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> the text and all that. Have, but, you, you know, in you my mail program at? with the Mac Mail, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe there's a thing to uh, make it larger. I've never really. Oh, here we go. Zoom. Hey, well, that's not what I really wanted. But What's your resolution cares? set at? 2400 by 1800? I mean, come on. Uh, it's <laughs> higher than that. It? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you since you asked, since we've <laughs> gone into our first tangent. Oh, display. There she be. Uh, 1920 by 1200. Okay. That's not the, all right, so sorry. Go on. <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, remember, the LASIK is 2020, which is, you know, 20 feet. A certain size uh, letter. I my reading, it comes and goes with light and, you know, I had that choice to have one eye lasered for reading and one eye lasered for distance, and that just seemed wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, I. My father so wears contacts I, like that. One eye is for reading, one eye is for regular. How could how could your brain not get sick? They say it adjusts, but it just seemed wrong, and I didn't realize that all those years I'd just been looking under my glasses to. Uh, to read, and now they're like, well, you can't do that because your eyes are your glasses. They've been adjusted for that. Uh, so it really depends if I'm tired. If you know, Sometimes sinuses will make your eyes a little messed up. So it just kind of comes and goes. But that's, and it, In theory, I am 20, 20, and 2015, though some days I don't feel like it. But you know, it's still some of the best money I've ever spent to have been without glasses for, what, three, four years now? Yeah, yeah. No, my wife agrees. 
uh, I mean, uh, there are days, but even there were days with, when I had glasses, I felt like I couldn't see, you know, you're tired, you're whatever. But back to the email. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. All right. So uh, family so unfriendly glory. Oh, now I got to find it because you know what I did? I resized the email second, so the, second everything paragraph. shifted. Uh, okay. In every bit of its family, Un- unfriendly glory. So pretty much ruled out any other podcast. Lucky you. <laughs> Thanks very much. Good, yeah. Uh, that is true. I don't know of another podcast that probably could have handled this email with the grace uh, that we And a bomb. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there we were on January, January 6th. Shopping in the Big Tent at Mickey's Toontown Fair. Uh, now, pause. I didn't even know there was a freaking place to shop in, in Toontown Fair. Uh, How much time I've you been spent on in one ride there. What's that? The Barnstormer, right? Yeah, I've walked through it, and I didn't realize there was a shop inside there. I Not didn't that know there was a shop there either. I mean, you yeah. haven't gone and get gone back there and get your picture taken with Mickey Mouse? No. Okay. And my kids have been older that you know they didn't want to do that, so. We got in line, and the kids got bored and decided they didn't want it. So so anyways, uh, there they were, shopping. When our five-month-old son gets to grunting <laughs> and getting a red face while he's taking a dump in his diapers in the middle of the store. Since we're on Let's... vacation, this means that rather than me being at work during the day, I'm at Walt Disney World. And I get the privilege of changing all the diapers on the boy. And you know, I've already noticed he's talking like Mike. Yeah. There's not a name to the child. It's the boy. That's right. The boy. Yeah. So off to the restroom and Pete's garage we go. As usual, the diaper changing area is spotless. Well, I'll tell you why. Because guys don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and the diaper change is uneventful. You know, in my day, they didn't have those. Um, yeah, there's no place. Know. Yeah, no 15, 15 years ago or so, you just did it in the uh, stroller and yeah, dumped yeah. it in the nearest trash, trash can, can, and that was yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. So while I'm there, I decide I might as well take a leak. So I head over to the urinals, holding my son with my left hand perched on my left hip. I'm talking to him to keep him entertained as I walk over to the urinal and begin the task of urinating using only my right hand to unzip Etc. <laughs> now, this is where we give our PG parental guidance or PG 13. If you have a small child in the room and you can't handle things like urine, urinating, unzipping their pants, now's the time to leave or turn off Whipping the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, this I'd is say, where I'd it, say fast forward like two minutes, but there's no guarantee it'll be done by then. So, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so, here we go diving deep into it. I'm still talking it to my me. son. Yes. Whose name is Will? <laughs> wonder if he <laughs> drinks a lot of Red Bull. But one of the nicknames we call him is Little Man. And what? <laughs> and the one-sided conversation was something like this. Okay, Little Man, we'll get done here and back out into the park. Just got to unzip, and here we go. Okay, just a minute here. Okay, Richard, you might want to turn off your microphone. No, that's okay. Please. That's okay. Let him laugh. Come on. Because that's what I was doing. I was reading this. Okay. Okay, just a minute here. And then he started to grab my face and glasses. No, no, no. Don't do that. Okay, little man. There we go. Be good. And he gets a hold of my glasses. Okay, stop. Cut it out. That's enough, little man. Just let me get zipped up. And then I hear a voice to my right. Sometimes I talk to mine, too. Says the guy standing 
at the urinal next to me. So I turn slightly towards him and say, excuse me? <laughs> How can... He can now see that I'm holding a baby on the other side. Silence. Crickets. <laughs> I can only wonder what this guy told his family and friends, if anything. We had a load of laughs about the rest of the day, just about every time we referred to Will as little man. Hope Hope wasn't one of those guess you had to be there stories. At least you guys had a chuckle. Take care, and thanks for putting together the podcast, Mike in Warsaw, Indiana. That was a funny story. It was a very uh, funny story, and it reminds me. At first, I thought he was just making something up like a movie because there's, you know, I'm trying to think um, what there movie was. Inner it was. Space. Inner Inner, space. Yeah, and he's. <laughs> <now> there's. <laughs> Inner Space is one. What's that one with Lily Tomlin and Steve Martin? Oh, all, all of me. me. Shall I tap? <laughs> <laughs> but there's been a few movies like that where, yeah, I got to talk it to get it going, too. So it's, it's kind of a common urinal. Uh, potty boy humor I, stuff but that's funny I, I told you the story of uh mutual friends of ours uh, david. even if you have i'm sure you're going to again anyway, yeah. so right. where, uh, where uh, david injured his hand at work and they had to go to the hospital to get some stitches and everything taken he was dying to use the restroom but of course his hand is all bandaged up and everything couldn't do anything so brian had to take care of everything for him so you know who your real friends are I guess so. Uh-uh, no way. Hey, by the way, I happen to be browsing through my old collection, my complete collection, I should say, of Disney News Magazine. Any Your guess? What, yes. That's right. Any guess what the ticket price in the fall season of 1966 to 1967 would be? We're just <laughs> talking about admission price. Well, there's a Magic Key ticket book, and then there's your regular 10-ride and 15-ride book. And at that time, there's also general admission. So you can cover any and all. I'm going to say general admission was a buck fifty. I'm going to say 50 cents. Um, well, okay. I should say uh, adult, junior, or child. Let's go adult. adult. Okay. Adult. Rich, you, you, you say 50 cents, Richard, and, and Mike, you say $1.50? fifty. Buck fifty. Two fifty. Oh, okay. Okay. Highway robbery. I mean, can you imagine <laughs> Disney having the nerve to charge two dollars and fifty cents to get in their park? Well, considering what was it when we figured out uh, the menu from that same era was a three fifty meal was equivalent to about a twenty dollar meal now. Well, that's why I'm saying it's 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 no different when when Walt's what was that famous line? Uh, Coffee's only worth you know and fifteen cents. Yeah, we don't like yeah. to charge. Okay. Well, at that time, that's what it, it's worth. A coffee now could be worth three or four bucks. Even outside of Disneyland, you know, depending on what you get. So you can't necessarily say we're fleecing you now because it would appear that, you know, Disney was right in there with what market will bear at the time. But when were we talking? Recently, weren't we talking about what goes on at Disneyland at night, how they clean, and how the maintenance doesn't seem to be as good anymore and all that? We talked about that a long time ago. Okay, because there, there was a little in the back of this article. What's, what's interesting about this is the very last two pages of the Disney uh, News Magazine. Uh, let's see, fall 1966. So this was published right before Walt croaked. And there's a calendar at the very back that tells you what the park hours were, what days they're closed, what private parties. For example, I'm seeing here the Camp Pendleton private party from 8 to 2 in the morning. The park was open 10 to 6 on a Friday. 
for September of 1966. Now, could you imagine in September Disneyland closing at 6 o'clock on a Friday? No. I remember doing that. Yeah. So, in the Christmas uh, time, you know, maybe, yeah. Uh, of course, um, closed Monday and Tuesday. And right. from September 19th through the rest of the calendar they have here until November. But even on Thanksgiving Day, 10 to 6. Yeah, Disneyland closed on 6 o'clock. And I remember that on Thanksgiving. That was, uh, it just, now the, but the it was Friday, also, back then, it was, back then, Thanksgiving was a very slow day. It's nothing yeah. like it is today. Now, the Friday following it was 9 to 12 on the 20th. The following any, day. The following day. But anyways, there's this, this article at the end, and there's always this, like, little commentary by, um, the Magic Kingdom Club Administrator. It's As I See It by Eleanor Helt. And she says, A most frequently expressed comment about Disneyland is they keep it so clean. How's it done is an interesting story and involves a tremendous maintenance and gen- janitorial staff. Every night, as soon as the park closes to the public, the night crews begin their work. They wash, they wax, they dust everything so that the guests will never touch a dusty rail or see a dirty window. No detail is missed from nightly steam cleaning of the salt or the uh, slat boards in the, in the kitchens to window washing in the Grand Canyon diorama. When's the last time, Richard, when we were on Graveyard, we saw anybody walk through the diorama? To clean. To clean it. To clean the windows? Yeah. I, 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 you know what? I never saw anybody in there in my time on Graveyard. I, I do remember seeing it, but it's like once every couple months type deal that they do it. As, I mean, yes. I remember watching them go through there. It's, it's a whole, it's, the, the big thing now is the, the crews have gotten smaller. So the, win, win, the window washing crew is like a quarter of the size of it used to be, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And they just cycle through it more. So you got more in between time from the time they wash the windows to the next time they come through. Well, yeah, I mean, I think she goes on to say, you know, they accomplish all, all these tasks involves, or to accomplish all these tasks involves some unusual jobs. For example, repainting targets in the shooting gallery <laughs> each night, each yeah. night, to keep them in perfect condition. Each rooftop and tree leaves must be cleaned to keep them sparkling, or I'm sorry, even rooftops. During the summer months, these chores must be accomplished in the eight hours the park is closed. During the fall, winter, and spring, Disneyland is closed Monday and Tuesday, and on these two days, benches, railings, tables, etc., are repainted so that so that fresh paint signs are not necessary on the five days that the Magic Kingdom is open. During a major rehabilitation, it is sometimes necessary to close an attraction for several weeks. This, of course, is when the smallest details are checked, replaced, or repaired and required for the maximum safety, convenience, and comfort of your guests. So if you see there's no magic formulas involved, just many people with the same objective to keep Disneyland bright and shiny for the delight of our visitors. Interesting compared to what you might say is done today. Now, I'm not going to say they do a bad job because compared to some other parks I've been in lately, they are still on the top of the heap. Yeah, okay. but that's that's something I've always said that I'm always amazed at how great the custodial department as it stands today, and you know the whole graveyard crew included, uh, your uh, landscapers, everybody else, how the type of jobs they do in the amount of time that they have, especially now that you only have, 
you know, Disneyland closes as late as it does during the weekends, and we're open seven days a week. We don't have those two days off anymore. So I, I just, you know, as we might complain about it, we can say, yeah, the good old days, but I'm still amazed by a lot of the work that they do. No, you're right. And, you know, it, it may not be as good as it used to be. There was a time you could probably, literally, you could sit on a bench, throw a piece of popcorn down, stop your, start your stopwatch. <laughs> see and, how long for see how, Oh, yeah, see how quickly someone's going to run over and clean that up. Uh, if you did that today, you, your stopwatch might not count that high. <laughs> That's pretty yeah, sad. It, it, it does depend no, on where it's not that set. bad. But, but you know, you, yeah, there are times you've seen something, you know, uh, you know, a vomit or, you know, something. You're like, God, how long has this been here? It's, it's practically growing on its own. Uh, it's just not quite as good as it used to be. It's, not, it's still wonderful and better than really pretty probably anywhere else you could be. And but, I think... I think there's another thing that goes to that, too. There's an old story that goes along. Um, when Walt was still alive, he was taking some guests, some VIP guests. Uh, I think it was at that time the uh, premiere of India or something over to the Jungle Cruise for where they took that famous picture. And he spotted just some uh, a wrapper on the ground, and he pointed it to a cast member. Could you get, you know, just pointed it to a cast member and just kind of nodded at him. And the cast member said, I'll go call a custodial right up. And Walt just kind of looked at him and goes, no, can you pick that up real fast? And the guy just looked at him and goes, I'm not custodial. It's like, no, you're missing the point. Are you we kidding? all work together. No, this is where, this is the story that was really put out. And, um, you know, there was a, you know, back in the day, there was a kind of an attitude that everybody, you know, helped out with everything and worked out with everything. Then they kind of got lost. Everybody has to be specialized on things. And now it's just you have a lot of kids that are in there that just don't, for lack of a better word, they're kind of indifferent at things. And they kind of have to be reminded of, you know, they'll see this spill. They'll just go, oh, yeah, popcorn spill, and they'll walk on without, oh, let me call somebody and help take care of it. Not necessarily yeah. they have to go get it, but they won't bother calling anybody either about it. I have a hard time <laughs> believing that, that the that the owner and the boss of the company says, pick that up, and you say no. Well, the, oh, the, the, the word is, is just, I'll call custodial, and it's like, no, I want you get that real quick? Well, you know, theoretically, the guy was doing the right union thing. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't union his union chill. job to do. <laughs> From the union dude over there. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I'm being sarcastic, but yeah. technically he... I mean, we ran into this when we worked there, Richard. Uh, I got a carpenter calling. He says, I can't go do the work I've been called to do because the lights aren't on. Well, turn them on. I can't do that. That's not my job. Right. So you'd have to call the electricians. Can you go turn this light on for this guy? Yeah. Okay. You know, and it's just a dumb, dumb protection of jobs. You know? and, and, and we're, and I, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting bumped a little bit on this. We got this whole little note again that says, you know, don't be calling people directly. That's not your job. You're supposed to go through the chain of command, blah, 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 blah. It's like, the heck with the chain of command. I know who to call. You know, if I if I see the horse poop in the middle of the street, I don't need to go through my chain of command to be able to call. Uh, no, you just go take it there. <laughs> I, I'll, heck, yeah, give me a dustpan. I'll go do it. But the, in the meantime, I don't need to go, you know, call this person to call that person. I'll just call the custodial guys directly and say, hey. There's horse poop on Main Street. 
they know what to do. I don't need to say anything more than that. So, but I, I'm not going to necessarily go. There's they're saying that oh well we need to uh, have you go through the proper you know notifications and everything like that. What notifications? Call custodial. Get them to come out and pick up the horse poop. So, horse poop. Okay, by the way, moving on, uh, you know, as I'm looking for the information I'm looking for. <laughs> Did you take um, a look at what I just I, passed over to you? Yeah, yes. that, was, that was BS, Richard. That but gives me nothing. It's the, it's the attraction page for Disney World. I, I, I know. It's, 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 Richard obviously hasn't, you know, got the concept yet. But I found something interesting as I'm working my way through here from the summer 1967 issue. You know, this show's going to turn into be just the Disney, Disney News review. But there's some great stuff in here that I sometimes don't realize it's been done and you guys are probably going really and but, our, okay. our our listeners will be going what the hell yeah get this disneyland's matterhorn proves handy traffic aid <laughs> i know now, i know i know the story although I'm, disneyland's matterhorn is uh, an accurate replica of the world's most famous mountain it reaches a peak of new importance when traffic in anaheim vicinity becomes almost beyond control Police take this to the snowy heights to bring help to the situation in some semblance of order. From the top of the Matterhorn Summit, an alert Anaheim PD officer can evaluate the traffic uh, situation up to a radius of three miles. When he spots a problem area, he simply instructs a patrolman on the ground with the use of a port. Get this, a portable two-way radio. To go, <laughs> I'm, I remember to go seeing to this. the scene and direct traffic until all is normal. Is there a picture of the dude standing at the top of the Matterhorn with his mouth hanging open? Yeah, yeah. And it's like as Alvin Rogers. Anaheim police lieutenant in charge of traffic explained the system was first used on the 4th of July in 1965. On that day, traffic might otherwise have been congested for three hours, was moved into the Disneyland parking lot in less than an hour. Similarly, throughout the winter season, special event traffic has been cleared from the streets with as little as two hours, a <laughs> job that in the past would have taken twice as long. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, that just cracks me up. Okay, um, I, Richard. Sorry. Richard yeah, actually cut and paste the the germane portion of this attraction thing. Oh, all right. It's, it did he now? And it says it's one of the very last attractions that Walt Disney. Da, 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 don't go there. We're not there yet, so don't talk oh. about it. That's not. That's not. Oh, that's right. Oh, 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 Richard, you're screwing me up. It's your Shut fault. Shut your hole. It's your Shut fault. Shut your pie holes. Okay. I'm just bringing that up now because you were saying you were looking all over for it, and I found it right here, you bums. No, no I, yeah, but that's what to talk about. Okay, well, hang on. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. A different I, you know, source. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to go to back to that story though about uh, about our when when you started telling the story about going uh, turning red in the face and Making bearing dump, down yeah. the diaper and everything. It reminds me of the story you were talking about, Greg, when, years ago. Uh, when you were with another friend of ours uh, visiting the Magic Kingdom, and there was this little guy that was doing the potty dance in line at the Haunted Mansion. Was that in Florida? Yeah, and the guy the guy stuck him up in the graveyard and let him pee right there. <laughs> so he goes running up behind the... Well, that's not quite the way you explained it, but it was more entertaining when you explained it earlier. Uh, I mean, the kid goes up there, people start laughing, the kid gets embarrassed, he starts crying... Uh, goes running you know. up behind the gravestones. Comes back running down from the gravestones. So anyway, ah, 
Well, Multi-purpose it's better, it's, attraction. It's, it's better than what we saw at uh, at Pirates back uh, two years ago or three years ago now. When did Pirates reopen? Two thousand six. Yeah, uh, two thousand six, uh, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But okay. We were sitting there waiting for our turn. It broke down, and the boats are all stuck there, and. Some kid wet his pants because he couldn't get him off the boat soon enough. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was that was uh, that was t- nasty. <laughs> you know, there are people yelling. The customers yell, "Sit down! We don't know it's gonna start again. Sit down! Please, God, go to the restroom." Then eventually they stopped crying because you know he just took care of it right there. Well, that, that <laughs> he asked, he the journey took a little longer. Yeah, he asked permission from Mission Control to relieve him. <laughs> relieve bladder. <laughs> Do it in the suit. Uh, uh, <laughs> is he, uh, oh, is that's funny. Back now, <laughs> Jose. <laughs> He's on the boat. All right. So let's see. We have other email to talk about and recount. Okay. I'm sure. Um. All right. I got an email from Pete, Nick Monty, Pete, and he was giving us additional, I guess, fodder for discussion on the economic or what Disneyland is doing to help, I don't know, stave off economic disaster. What economic disaster? Yeah. Uh, just that he'd said that, you know, most human resources departments have the discount tickets, Southern California resident discount tickets for a few less dollars, you know, like the old Magic Kingdom Club days. And he forwarded right. us an email from his little HR group that uh, Disneyland has just moved to eliminate all discount ticket employee programs, which include their particular vendor. As a result, they'll no longer offer discount tickets at Disneyland, and they're trying to implement a new program uh, within the next 90 days, they hope. So anyway, all they had left was a few one-day park hoppers, a couple two-for tickets. and then Now, now how, how can that uh, be affected by the economy? Let's, I mean, be real honest. Dis, Disneyland offers ticket it's not a commodity that they've paid for they haven't had to go out and buy this ticket at a cost of 45 dollars, and they can no longer sell it for you know 47 because that doesn't cover everything else that's related to the ticket you know shipping employees fees and all that it's it's a made-up number for what they decide to sell a ticket for so who sells it made up number who made up the number disneyland disneyland does they they choose a number that they think is what they want to charge for a ticket. But it's still a discount over the walk up to the window ticket price, right? Right, right, right. But what? How is that necessarily hurting Disneyland? It's not a hard commodity no, no, that they've had. To oh, buy. What, that they discount their ticket is hurting Disneyland. Isn't that what he's saying? I, that's the way I'm reading it. Yes, that they can that, no that longer Disney, afford Disney, to discount the tickets. Di- right, Disney yeah, can okay. no longer afford to let them sell the ticket for three dollars cheaper than what it is at the gate. I I I find that suspect. I you know honestly, from what I've been hearing, from what I've been watching on as they've been gearing, they the park. I want to say parks plural in general because this is uh, both uh, Disneyland in California and Walt Disney World in Florida. The national idea is they're going into some of these uh, local. What do you want to say? Regional. Uh, discount programs like the twofer program that we have in Southern California, and they're t- kind of getting away from the corporate uh, showpieces, just like they've also kind of 
drifted away from, we were just talking about with some guests today, they've drifted away from doing the corporate parties on during the winter nights when we close, when Disneyland closes early, we used to have private parties for uh, different companies. Boeing would come in and rent the park from, say, 8 o'clock to midnight, and you'd have this private party for Boeing or for uh, TRW or Quickset would come in, and they'd be rent literally renting the park out for some of these uh, tickets, and the companies would sell the tickets. Disneyland has really drifted away from doing anything like that, and I think this is also part of that same are, are you Are you saying they don't do that anymore? Not near like they used to. Uh, every now and then you get these uh, uh, special parties and special events, but they're more um, like what was one of the events we have. They have a dinner over at Stage 17 at California Adventure, and they might have one or two rides, but it's while the park is open or it's while the park is in the process of closing. It's not necessarily something where they're opening up the land or opening up the park. And then every now and then you'll have what they refer to as the Enchanted Evening, where you have a dinner buffet, uh, say, in New Orleans Square, and they'll open up Pirates and they'll open up Haunted Mansion, but not all the shops will be open, and it's just Pirates and Mansion. You're escorted directly into New Orleans Square, you're contained in New Orleans Square, and then you're escorted out of the park. It's not like the uh, old corporate parties that we used to remember seeing, you know, 20, 25 years ago. Well, even those didn't have everything open in every... A shop open, but that was kind of a setup question because I got a tweet from someone today who said his uh, wife's uh, company just did a full park uh, private party uh, recently. They say within the last six months. So what was the company? Uh, he did not tell me. Okay. He didn't. I saw that tweet. Wasn't he uh, alluding that it was more than one company there? Uh, it might have been shared between more than one company. I you know, I just read it and I saw it as one. But yeah. Yeah. No, but he did mention a company name, but it wasn't his wife's company. Didn't we? They, ah, they happen once in a once in a great while. I mean, Disneyland right now during the, with the winter hours during the week closes at eight o'clock. Once in a while, we'll see it close down to seven o'clock because they got some sort of party going on, or even six o'clock, like and they'll extend the and they'll extend the uh, hours over at California Adventure to compensate. I, I hear some tapping going on. Uh, no. Like, like dancing. Are <laughs> 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 you doing the body dance over there or something? No, no, no he's no, talking no. about you. Forget it. So, <laughs> moving, moving on. Oh, let's clear this up too for one of our fine listeners who will be uh, one of the DPN forum members who will be hosting a meet at Westfest, which we'll talk toward talk about towards the end of the show. You. Have her very worried, Richard, because you said that the Blue Sky Cellar wasn't going to be open very long or it was going to be a short run. Whatever you said worried her that it may not be open in May. And I have to say, you kind of alluded to the 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 thought that it, it it's going to close very shortly. Uh, and so now you told me a little while ago before we went on air, uh, you know, air quotes on air, uh, that that was not the case. So. I'm asking you to repeat it and repeat it much clearly what your information is about that. The information I have is uh, the Blue Sky Cellar. And should uh, we preface this with frontline cast members don't, don't know, know shit. shit. Thank you. Thank you very little. That's a quote uh, and, from and, a frontline and, cast member. So. And in this case, I will, I will firmly stand true to that, uh, that statement as well. Um, 
the the latest that I've heard, it's they said it's going to be limited time. Limited God, you time. know, it's really hard to get to the point of it, isn't it? It's just like it's going to be open for two years. It's going to be open for a year. You don't know. Yeah, it's really it, it, taking you a long time to get to those three things I listed in about two seconds. Okay, which one? Which one is why it? Why did your mother ask me? Well, because I thought you would just say it's going to probably be open two years. I didn't it's expect you to be s- open for a couple of years. Okay, thank you. But hey. I will emphasize. <laughs> what? Frontline, frontline cast members don't know diddly squat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That that's one of those areas. That, yeah, but yeah, it 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 should be open during the duration that they uh, are building the uh, rebuilding the DCA area, which is neat. I saw that all the groundbreaking over there in Timon Lot. Cool. So you you think it will be open through the or clo- close to the opening of the last part of the rehab? Yeah, at least through about 2011 is my get best guess, but mind you, only a guess because. Frontline cast members, members don't, know. don't know shit. Hey, right, um, this, uh, on. you sent me an e- you forwarded an email about this shooting in Butte, Montana. Did that come from Mark in Montana? Uh, when did I do that? I don't know. Uh, January 29th. Uh, no, that actually may have come from one of my high school uh, babes that I know uh, that oh, I still keep hilarious. in touch with. That was a funny story. One, one, you guys still got it? You want to tell yeah. it? All right. Greg, you know, <clears throat> abandoned all net etiquette and forwarded a freaking questionable email. I should snopes this before I read this, huh? I should make sure this isn't bullcrap uh, before. We'll, we'll just, just okay, I'll read it because it's a good story. No. Yeah, that we don't know. But if it's not true, it should be. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's exactly what I was going to say. We hope something like that. Okay. Shooting in Butte, Montana. Uh, shotgun preteen versus illegal alien home invaders. November se- November fifth, two thousand seven. Two illegal aliens, Rafael Resendez, twenty three, and Enrico Garza, twenty six. To be Pro- quite honest, I didn't know that illegal <laughs> aliens would know where Montana is, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> probably, probably right. believe. Those don't sound like Canadian names. <laughs> they would easily. Overpower- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably believed they would easily overpower Home Alone 11-year-old Patricia Harrington after her father had left their two-story home. It seems the two crooks never learned two things. They were in Montana, and Patricia had been a clay-shooting champion since she was nine. Patricia was in her upstairs room, and the two men broke through the front door of the house. She quickly ran to her father's room and grabbed his 12-gauge Mossberg 500 shotgun. Nice Re- gun. Resendez was the yeah, first to... It would be funny if that gun doesn't actually exist. I'm going to Google this sucker right now. <laughs> As Richard says, nice gun. Yeah, I'm really exactly. going to laugh if it doesn't exist. No, I, like, I, like Mossberg, I like Mossberg. Exactly. Shotgun. All right. Well, Mossberg 500 does exist because... Well, at least as far as Wiki is concerned. There's a picture of it here. Long barrel shotgun. Okay. I, I had this image of my cousin Vinny when they were talking about the uh, the tools they used to calibrate the... Okay. <laughs> Resendez was the first to get up to the second floor, only to be the first to catch a near-point blank blast of buckshot from the 11-year-old's knee-crouch aim. He suffered fatal wounds to his abdomen and genitals. Blew his nuts off. <laughs> when Garza ran to the foot of the stairs, he took a blast to the left shoulder, staggered out into the street where he bled to death before medical help could arrive. After all, yeah. you're in Montana. It's yeah, miles right. away. Well, yeah, and you don't have to make sure they fall inside the house in Montana. Right. It was found out later that Resendez was armed with a stolen 45 caliber handgun he took from another victim 
home invasion robbery. That victim, 50-year-old David Burian, was not so lucky he died from stab wounds to the chest. So ever wonder why good stuff never makes it to the major networks? An 11-year-old girl, properly trained, defended her home and herself against two <laughs> asshole illegal immigrants, and she wins. She is still alive. So that's gun control. And then there's a closing thought. what you aim. <laughs> and there's a closing thought for the day. Calling an illegal alien an undocumented immigrant is like calling a drug dealer an unlicensed pharmacist. I like that one. <laughs> I like that. That's a good story. I now I got a yeah. Snopes. I got to make sure it's true. <laughs> it's, oh, even if it's not, it's, it's <laughs> no. It should be. be. You're right. Exactly. But <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you, Mr. Ford. Oh, okay. Let's see. Um... Oh, we should mention, uh, we haven't talked about this. We got an email from uh, Adam Gooder. Uh, he is the host of the Disney Brit podcast. And if you remember uh, the other podcast, that what was that other Brit podcast that was out for like four Brit, or five episodes? Brit Mouse? Brit, Brit Mouse. Mouse. Well, well, I guess this guy was loosely a part of it, and Brit Mouse just fell off the face of the earth. Uh, this guy has kind of picked, let's say the podcast up is now called uh, Disney Brit Podcast. Uh, dear sirs, now this went out to a lot of people. So, uh, my yes, my name. Well, it's English. What can you expect? My name is Adam Gooder, and I'm the host of the Disney Brit podcast, as well as being a very uh, see, sorry, as well as being very busy in our podcast recently. We have also begun to work extremely hard on a brand new event at Disneyland Resort Paris. The event is called Mouse Meets, and will be happening on the 5th and 6th of December in 2009. Please sign up for the newsletter over at www.disneybrit.com forward slash mousemeets.asp. It would be really great. I would be, okay, he's just grateful if we'd read this and let people know. And uh, nice guys, they've, they've contacted us a few times and uh, seem like a, you know, couple cheery chaps. And, you know, so if you're going to be in Disneyland Paris and, uh, the December of 2009, drop by and uh, visit their mouse meets. Okay, so I can, un I can uncheck that one that I have covered. The story we just okay. read is false. Oh, too bad. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, but because there's, it, it was good. Um, there's something, well, you have to go to Snopes, check it out. Punch in uh, Home Invasion Thwarted. Talk it, it full on repeats what we just read here and then talks about there's a news story that happened close was 1988 11 year old shooting killing two home intruders but again the funny details don't quite match the example cited above so yeah now you know i usually check those before i send them but it was such a great story i really yeah, didn't yeah, care if yeah, it was true exactly but i still want i didn't want to you know consider this avoiding getting emails if I, if I, oh no! Uh, I, I think that is great because yeah, someone out there would have checked it out and said you guys are full of crap. Yeah. Well, um, what else? Well, you know, I've got one here that I should follow up with because I'm not sure if I let Ryan know. Um, uh, he's uh, he he saw my pictures of Washington D.C. and was was wondering uh, when I was there. We might have missed each other. I was in D.C. for a conference on the 25th uh, through the 27th of August. Nice pictures. Uh, Hope your family had a great time. By the way, what's up with the clean shave? I don't know. You know, yeah, you need to get back to Micecast. Middle aged Last podcast was kind of short. Also, your grim ghost pictures you have on Flickr that was taken. Was it taken on the right? Well, hell yeah, it was. Um, if so, how the heck did you do it uh, with your super duper camera? Yes, that is the technical term. I have a super duper camera. And, uh, anyways, does everything yeah, except I just, tie his shoes, right? 
Uh, kind of. I just set it for a high ISO and tried to clean it up a little bit in the aperture afterwards. And so you love the monorail interior. The blue lights kick ass. I have to agree. The blue lights and the new monorails, the Mark 7s at Disneyland, are spectacular. Uh, too bad no AC. Yeah, that was kind of a bummer. Now, uh, too. My last trip to Disneyland, blue and red were on the line. Red had the new funky windows that have a piece that rolls down. No, no. What, oh. did they, what they've done is all they've done is they've cut out a section of window. But it doesn't so even roll down, just open. Yeah, it's just open. They cut that section out and just put a frame around it. Um, they're still waiting oh, for the new lame. windows. I took a look up real close to it to see if it, yeah, if they were the new windows. Yeah, plus the air scoops and the emergency hatches. Well, I wrote. Yeah, and, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say it still gets too hot. They had to shut the monorails today because it got too warm today. Sure it did. It was eighty middle, degrees. Yeah, middle of January. Go figure. Or February. Go figure. Well, it's not middle of February, but yeah, we get to beginning point. of February. Yeah. yeah. Um, I rode blue. Not the fun. No, not the fancy windows, but it was a cloudy. Day and we rode in the tail. You know, the, the tail and the nose, uh, the air conditioning works just fine in those areas. It does seem a little cramped back there. I'm not used to not having a window in the door either. Uh, I don't know if it's more of a probably a psychological thing than uh, because you still yeah. have plenty of glass, but you're just so used to seeing in it. Now, as it rolls up, you have no idea if anybody's back there. So, you, you know, you want to ask, hey, can I ride back there? And then the guy's like, no, dumb shit, there's somebody in there. Well, I can't see him. There's no, you know. And by the way, if you go to monorails, that's plural, monorails.org. There is a monorail.org, so don't do that one. But um, the Monorail Society, they did a little photo essay, the head of the Monorail Society and one of my friends, an architect uh, from Southern California, went out there and did a little photo essay uh, on the monorails and had some commentary and a lot of good information if you like monorails at monorails.org. Com or org or something like that. Just look up Monorail <laughs> Society. Keep it straight from one end to the other. Great. I actually think it's org, but you know, I will. Hey, I will double check. Uh, right? No, I'm got a monorails plural dot org, and they got a nice picture of the red train going across that, the uh, actually, entrance of Disneyland. <laughs> actually, that's my picture, Richard. Thank you. Is that that is? It's a nice shot. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I, actually, coming up very soon, I keep saying that, but I actually have written the questions out and given the guy a copy of them. I am going to be interviewing uh, uh, the founder of Monorail's, Monorail Society on Imaginary My Wave, hopefully very soon. Okay, go ahead and pimp that show. All freaking day if I can. So, you, Mark 7 special. Yeah, the Mark, I, the Mark Seven. I'm digging it. It's just you know, I every you know the Walt Disney World bums are all like, well, air conditioning couldn't think of that. Well, you know, for one, it's not always that warm here, and two, we've got weight limits and a certain beam size that you know you really can't change. Yeah. We're really kind of in a dilemma here, uh, and air conditioning, though you know it has improved over the years, is still not a light device per se. I mean, it's still. Yeah. requires, you know, condensers and some things, and it's just, I guess, they can't find a unit that will work out. I mean, there's package units, and, you know, you see some now where you just have a wall unit, but you still have a condenser outside, so it's yes. uh, it's just not not as easy as it sounds, and it's, it's unfortunate that, whoops, we didn't think about uh, a more operable window. I guess they thought those little pop-out uh, minivan windows that they probably bought at you know, <laughs> minivans are us to save a few bucks. 
uh, would work. Well, obviously uh-huh. they they are not. So. That's kind of funny. And and, and from what somebody. Uh, one of the guys over at the monorail uh, platform that's been around for quite a few years, that's exactly what those windows came from. It was kind of a let's go cheap on it type deal because there was actually a plan to have something similar to the roll-down windows that they had on the uh, older trains, but they just decided to cut the way. Well, cut when, the we, when, when we say they, now remember, we have hired a contractor to build this for us, and we have you know, probably submitted some designs, but did they, the contractor, decide because they're delivering a product for a certain price, do that, or did Disney do that in their design? I I, I tend to put the they as jointly. Okay, because so you don't because you don't know for sure. I don't care. Just well, there it, it is a fine point there somewhere that was you know was Disney the idiot designers or did their contract not specifically state clear enough uh, the parts because that you know and you hear about it in aerospace all the time well those you know freaking Air Force pays you know five hundred thousand dollars for a toilet seat well when you find out it's really not five hundred thousand dollars for a toilet seat. What's happened, because procurement and military in general will buy, let's say, a B-52. We're going to buy 500 of those. Okay, and we're going to buy a certain amount of spare parts for those 500 aircraft. After that, destroy the molds. Okay, so now the, you know, the airplane has went, what, 20 years, 30 years past its expected lifespan. Parts are long gone. So now when you need that toilet seat for a commode that's not exactly standard issue from Home Depot, you have to make one custom. That's why you end up paying gazillions of money later for stuff like that. It's not for the current brand new aircraft being built. And by the way, Obama's about ready to cut, what did I hear, 90,000 jobs if he cuts the F-22 program? But I, I oh, like, wow. uh, who, who was the uh, Secretary of Air Force when you were in the Air Force there, Greg? I don't remember because he was a civilian and I didn't really yeah, care. He, he was on uh, Dave Letterman one night, and I loved it because that was when they were starting to take the first deliveries of the C-17, and they were talking about not, how— Not when I was in. There was no C-17s. They, they didn't come online till shortly after I left, I think. Okay. Um, but he was talking about how the uh, Boeing was charging them something like $17,000 for a drip pan that went underneath the front landing gear. And he was whittling them down, whittling down. And finally he goes, okay, I'm going to go over to Pep Boys. And he bought these plastic drip pants that fit perfectly right under, right between the wheels there underneath the uh, landing gear. And it said 450 each, which case Boeing turned around and said, okay, we'll just include them with the cost. We'll just include them with the airplane. You can have them. Oh, no, there's no doubt that sometimes there – in fact, there's an investigation going on right now about the management of uh, – the two ongoing wars and where money has been misspent. And there's a, there's a prison that's like $40 million in of a $70 million project. And it's just been stopped because of bad management. It's, it's, you know, similar to war profiteering in a way. Uh, and it happens sometimes. And even with the best management, but you know, Bush was supposed to be a manager. He wasn't a lawyer. He's a manager. And some things were very uh, mismanaged. But then again, you can't from the top manage every single tiny little department down the line. You're supposed to, uh, supposed to have people that can do that for you, but obviously it didn't always work. But yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of pork to be cut out of a lot of these type of projects. But back to but the Central, monorail. 
I was going to say, since we're on the wrong show for that, uh, <laughs> it's ironic that you should bring that up since it was Bombardier. Uh, wasn't it? Uh, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Aerospace company that built the new monorails. Bombardier. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Bombardier. And they Bombardier. make and they make they make train cars. They they make train cars, yes, but don't they also make aircraft too? Yes, and they make watercraft. They make a bunch of stuff. A bunch of different stuff. But there, and yes, they're... there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, yelling and finger pointing on who was the idiot when they uh, first brought the monorails online that didn't fit the track. So. The, from my, well, from I, you know, obviously they made that work. So it's not that they didn't fit the track, but some fine tuning and adjustments must have been made to the carriage underneath. Because, uh, yeah. uh, because obviously they haven't done anything to the shell. Maybe a little bit to the cowling. I'm not sure, uh, but something was done. They didn't go back to the factory and they fixed them. So, you know, it's not like you can just cut the chassis apart over there in the roundhouse and make the thing longer or shorter, or whatever it needs to be to to make a turn. Uh, they, so I'm. I my understanding from the guys that were involved on it, they did quite a bit of work on it, and the, yeah, the cowling changed a little bit on there. Then, yeah, there was a lot of yelling going back and forth over the telephone. So, well, yeah, you've spent that much money, you expect a delivery and a product that that way. It's it's sort of like buying the uh, an engine, a train engine that is the wrong gauge for the track you have in your park. And that's pretty much what they got. <laughs> so, so that has happened also. Uh, so anyways, um, what were we about to get to when we got to that one? Uh, I was just... I'm looking oh, by the way, we... I didn't tell Ryan when I was in D.C., and I don't remember. But if you... <laughs> my flicker... My, my flicker... Uh, my flicker oh, picture crap. should have the exact dates. I was actually only in... DC uh, one day, one and a half days, maybe. Uh, but the fl every Flickr picture, I get this question occasionally. Oh, when did you take that? Well, if you look real closely at every Flickr picture, it there's an upload date and a date it was taken. And where, well, I don't always have them on the, the geo tag for the map, but it, it does always say when it was taken, uh, unless they're scans, and then it's the day it's scanned. But uh, it was, I think, in August. Uh, but I don't think it was the 25th or any, anything like that. But, uh, you know, I could check while we're continuing our saga okay. through old email. So I'll find another email we haven't covered and uh, get ready. Okay, let's see. Epcot expansion. Oh, by the way, there's something that we should do our uh, Al take credit for, regardless of what the real reason is. We should take credit for it. Okay. Um we, we have all made, I, I know I've made my comments about um, Mr. Ed Greer, president of the Disneyland Resort. Wait, Barely see him anywhere. I would say he still exists? Yeah, he still very much, not only does he very much exist, he has been walking the parks and the resort area an awful lot. He's been out and about an awful lot. He's being seen a lot more around the resort. So regardless of what the reason is for that, We'll take credit for saying that he needed to get out in the park more, and he's now out in the park more. Well, you can take credit for that because, to be real honest, I didn't care. Don't care, I know. And when I was there, I can tell you, I don't remember seeing the head of the park in the park that much. I, I run into some of them occasionally, but it's not like I saw them every day. And I do realize you guys had that one interim gentleman who everybody was gaga over who spent – 
most of his days in the park. So you kind of wonder, did he ever get any paperwork done? <laughs> Matt Weeman. Matt, Matt he, he might he might have been avoiding what he was really but, supposed to be doing. Uh, and by the way, I took this picture in Washington, D.C. on August 14th. So we missed each other by about 10 days. Uh, Matt Weeman is kind of credited with saving the 2005 50th anniversary Oh, I totally don't. Don't get me wrong. I don't understand. I'm being a little facetious. Uh, I, back when you, know, I was in the park. I don't remember, and I can be very. Uh, it's not that I don't remember seeing them. I did not see the head guys in the park that much. But if anything, I, I saw them backstage, not on stage, but near the administration offices. But I, but I can say yes. I do remember seeing Ron Dominguez out in the park. Quite often, I do remember seeing uh, John Cora and um, Bob Galt walking through the parks, or park singular back then, walking through the park all the time. You saw them all the time walking through the park. Don't don't tell me what I did because I I'm telling you I did not. I don't care what you didn't do. I'm telling you I saw them through the park and other people that you saw them through the park all the time. I did not. I've been saying that I did not. You saw them backstage. Just I did see office, them backstage, yes. Their offices were right above your office. That's right. So. All right, well, stop okay. saying you did, because I didn't. <laughs> uh, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to read an email. <laughs> you guys can... <laughs> On, uh, What's the email? Uh, you, you know, we've talked about how magical our memories can be sometimes magical. when they're in hindsight. So. It's called... Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, I should mention, by the way, Steelers won. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say that that was a great game, though. I mean, it literally came down to the last thirty seconds on yes. who was going to yes. win that game. So, it, there was never a doubt in my mind who was going to win that game. Oh, really? Not never. even that last minute. Not and even. Half? Not even with two minute and thirty three seconds when Pittsburgh no, was behind. No, because and, think, you know our our coach put it wonderfully. When he was asked, were you worried about when the Cardinals scored that last one? He says, no, because they scored it quickly. If they would have ate up the clock instead of making the one big play, not ah, big deal. We got two minutes. Yeah, because... You know how the, long two minutes can go in a football game. Yeah. yeah. Let, me, let me just point out to you, the first two Pittsburgh drives chewed up 12 minutes of game time. Oh, I... I okay, I, so Pittsburgh is Kurt, not Kurt known... Warner, Kurt Warner had barely smelled grass by the, <laughs> the end of the half, you know. The Pittsburgh is, was not known for their quick, fast, high-powered offense. So, yes, with two minutes and 30-some-odd seconds left on the clock when they got the ball back, there is doubt because their first and, scoring drive well, there, up there may have There may have been for you, but there was <laughs> not a doubt okay. in my mind. Being a, being a Steelers fan, I was confident in my... Uh, team to do so. <laughs> no, not at all. First of all, Roethlisberger got ripped off. Even in a review, he was across the line. I'm sorry, uh, but I have to give the Cardinals' defense kudos. They held up in the red zone far better than anybody predicted. Oh yeah, you know anybody that that bet the point spread, you know, pretty much got screwed. But. Uh, you know, it was, it was a great game, and I, I'm glad it was close, and I thought it would be close. I actually predicted 10 points, didn't get my 10 points, but I think it was an exciting game, and I'm glad it wasn't a blowout. I know a couple of people that said they stopped watching at halftime because it just seemed seven. like the Cardinals had no momentum. 
weren't, yeah, the Steelers weren't gonna really do anything in that first half of the game. There was f- something funny though, and it almost came so very close to being true. Al Michaels was uh, interviewed, and in, there was an interview in the Sunday paper, and he said he was actually looking that this might be the first Super Bowl that might actually go into overtime. And I'm looking at it when there was only a three point difference, and they were talking about would they go for the field goal or are they going to actually go to going to go for the touchdown and they went for the field goal yeah we would have been seeing overtime on that well there was a few first you know the longest uh interception for hunter i mean that guy yeah. had to get oxygen <laughs> he was <just laughs> man if you couldn't stop that lumbering giant <laughs> moving well, down the field the, the funny thing was that at one angle when they when you show him intercepting the ball and he starts chugging the two yeah. wide receivers that actually eventually caught him were behind him, and they were just kind of like jogging, thinking that everyone else that was in between him and the end zone would catch him. And well, at some point, when he, when he knocked ahead. down, you know, Kurt Warner, and he knocked down some other dude, knocked that's, down. It was like it was like pushing Kurt out yeah. of the way. It's like, just yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> at that point, they turned on the Jets and caught him. But if they had actually jumped on his ass right away, I don't think he would have got that far. Well, just like the one big play, it was at Antonio Home. I don't remember now. Um, I'm actually glad he didn't score, and he was stopped short. Now, yes, the score would have been great, but that would have left far more time on the clock. As it was, it took, what, two more plays to get the touchdown. So, again, eat up the clock best you can. I'm sure they would have rather taken the touchdown uh, right away, but I wasn't disappointed by eating up a little more of the clock. Uh, but, you know, I was you know slightly worried. At the, I mean, Cardinals had done well in the red zone. I mean, they had really shut them down. Uh, and stopped some some rushes. So, uh, but I was tweeting with a or not tweeting, skyping with a friend of mine who is a Baltimore Ravens fan and hates the Steelers and was giving me crap about you know the supposed number one defense and how they were doing. I'm like, well, where's the number two defense? Oh yeah, that's right. They're watching on TV at home. The number two defense was on the field. What are you talking about? No, it about? wasn't. The, the number two defense you is mean, the Ravens. Oh, you mean ranked defense, number yeah. two ranked defense. Okay, <laughs> well, yeah. at that point at the Super Bowl, you know, the number one defense is the team that wins, and the number two defense is the team that loses. Well, no, no I, not necessarily. Uh, it's the ranking. I mean, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying, but, you know, those number two defense, you're right, it's at home. The number two defense the, the, on the, the field. The Cardinals deserve to be there. When you look at their record compared to, let's say, New England, who was 10 and 5 with a backup quarterback, and they don't make it. Uh, you know, it's just it's just the way football went. I mean, it tells you how uh, rough the AFC is. Yeah, Steelers won the Super Bowl what three years ago as a wild card team. So it happens, and I this one thing you know, Steelers percentage in Super Bowls is pretty undeniably awesome uh, compared to some teams who have been a lot and just can't close the deal. See, that, that's that's the one thing that kind of disappoints me somewhat in the Super Bowl. Not that I have anything against it, but as my grandfather used to always say, the worst team can beat the best team any given day of the week just if the situation happens to go that particular way. When you're having it just one game, the Super Bowl, you can have your worst, you know, your wild a team that gets in on the wild card that just, ha- you know, is mismatched against this other team – they could win just because they happen to have the luck of the draw that particular day. That's why I kind of like just being a better, I'm a bigger, better baseball fan. I like the World Series where you have 
a number of games so that okay maybe okay, you have a good game going this week you, today see, but, and, but you and can't I compare baseball, baseball to football you can't because yeah. baseball is a no, game of statistics trying, and it's a game of i mean 162 games over the same amount of time that football plays 16 games See, football, yeah, you every know game I counts. love baseball, but the, the series can be so drawn. I prefer the old series. You had a best of five. You had the best of seven. You were done. Now, you know, you got all these different layers. They're all best of seven. Oh, it's just no, 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 drawn no, no, no. It's not all best of seven. The first round yeah. is best of, five. best of five. The second, the next round is best of seven, uh, and the World Series we, is best of seven. We didn't used to have that extra round. You know, we no. didn't have the wild card. You, you won your division. You went to the playoffs. But TV Gone. stations that's, weren't willing to pay big money either that's back what then. That's what into Central Division. Yeah, well, you know, I don't, you know, just like basketball, basketball and hockey. I love hockey. I don't watch it that much, but I love the game. But you really got to suck in those two sports, basketball and hockey, not <laughs> to, to, to make, make the playoffs. playoffs. <laughs> okay. And then let's say college football where you stick your finger in the air, that's the number one team. At least in football, there's an elimination of teams. And, yes, any given Sunday, a team can win or lose. But I'm telling you, telling you, the uh, Lions, for example, weren't going to win it. Okay, there were teams who were not going to win it. People that made it at least to the wild card had somewhat decent records and were okay teams. Yes, sometimes a team that's ten and five doesn't make it. But I mean, Pittsburgh had an incredibly tough schedule. They managed to make it all the way through, and they had a great defense. Though they didn't play their best in this game, I don't think they played. Well enough to still stay on top, and yeah. Arizona didn't make it to the Super Bowl into the playoffs because they're a wild card. Arizona made it into playoffs because they were the division champs. Oh, I'm right. sorry. They, well, I did I say they were the wild card? Pittsburgh was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I yeah. Know, no, I, but but uh, you, you know what I'm saying. A yeah. wild card could make it. Uh, but even if they only won their division with what? Uh, it was 9-7. 9-7 and and seven. Seven seven. was their record. Yeah. And then when they get to the playoffs, then they started playing good football. I mean, they play mediocre yeah. football in a in in the worst uh, division conference in freaking NFL. You know, the NFC West. Does it really matter what you do to the season? You know, it's when you're no, no, in the no, playoffs. No. Don't make a mistake. Football, every game counts because the season's. A, you know, they only play sixteen Short. games. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you can't, if you, how many you lose two games of football, maybe and you're not out of it, right? I'm talking about in the top well, of the. Yeah, I'm talking well, AFC. So, yeah okay. some divisions. This yeah. time you could win, lose a little more than that, yeah. but like in Pittsburgh division, very close. Well, who's that? You know? That's New England. New England, the Ravens, uh, Steelers. I mean, it was very close. No, no, England's New England's in the other. Um, New England's in the, uh, in the east. Steelers yeah, are in the, the north. So Steelers and the Ravens in the north, and they were one or two games difference. The, uh, Bengals. Know. So they suck. But anyways, it's a lot the, of good teams. It's not, not a football. It's not a football <laughs> podcast. But great game, and uh, I'm actually glad it wasn't a blowout because blowouts just are no fun. You know this. No, they're this not. Was a, this was a great yeah, game I, overall. I, I gotta say, I was I was one of those that was really worried in the first half because the Steelers were so domineering. But it was the second half really was worth watching. Oh yeah, you know, and I like Kurt. You know, if we would have lost. I would rather lose to Kurt than would have I would have you know lost to the Ravens the week before. Um, I mean, Kurt's a stand-up guy. I mean, you got he's oh he got that award before the game even started on um, for all the uh, work he's done with charity. Herschel Walker is it Herschel Walker? Yeah, I believe it is. Man of the uh, he's dead. Man His of wife the, was there. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's always been known as the nice guy of baseball or for football. So you, nothing's ever bad said about Warner. He, you know, his story is unique. Not too many people. And by the way, you know when everybody was like they were introducing the the front line. You know, Paul Murray's like, uh, USC. Uh, next guy says, you know, U of A, whatever. One guy said his high school. High school. Two dudes. High school. How how many people in the NFL make it? To this level, well, even make it on an NFL team that never played college ball. Well, you got to remember, it's got to be rare. You got to remember, the NFL doesn't let you play until you've been out of high school for three years. They Still, don't, they don't let I you mean, try out. On. So that means, yes, he had to. He got out of high school and he had to keep himself up yeah. and, and show up, you know, uninvited to a combine or something and get scouted right, and get in. Yeah, right. I mean, basketball. The last guy in basketball who will go directly to the NBA from high school. I can't remember the guy's name. We were LeBron, just talking about him LeBron at work James. today. You know, you will be required to have one year college, or or at least one year out of high school. I'm not sure if you have to attend college, but really, they're, they're, yeah, that's new. That's new. It's brand new. Yeah, interesting. All right. Well, I got an email here from Frank. I won't say his last name, but hey, Frank should I give out his uh, his uh, phone number? No, we won't. Do Frank that. the Tank. Uh, it doesn't say Frank the Tank. It says hi, Greg. It was, only came school. to me. I guess it didn't come to you guys. I just want to let you know that the podcast has reached a new corner of the world. The island of Grenada in the Caribbean. Oh, sweet. Or, cool. Or, or the Caribbean, as some would like to say. I just moved from Orlando to start my... Oh, no. Oh, no. We're going to have to go rescue this guy. He just moved from Orlando to start uh, his medical school training on the <laughs> island. Oh, <laughs> And you, Mike, and Richard are with Look. me in spirit. Well, we may be more than with you in spirit one day. Look out for those humans uh, there. We're going to have to go was, back down there to get the... Uh, uh, that was one of my favorite movies. Yeah, Just well, I was sure in. I was in during that time. That, so that was. I. Uh, so was yeah, I. We were, yeah, that's right. We were both in. Richard was, you know, enjoying the free life of a civilian, partying it up. We were actually serving our country. Uh, unfortunately, the university's IT department has been kind enough to bl- air quotes here, kind enough to block all downloads from iTunes, so I'm not able to get the podcast in my usual way. In fact, they blocked every possible way to listen to the show. Luckily, I found the restaurant and coffee store that has free Wi-Fi. So I'll be able to download the shows off campus. I just want to th- say thanks for helping me relax uh, during the few breaks I have. I hope you will uh, all keep well, keep the shows and rants coming. Now this was back. Wait a second. What sort of Pudknocker College blocks iTunes and blocks your downloads? Because this was this was back in August, uh, August 27th that he sent it. We're still catching up with email. Uh, okay. Thank you, Frank. Uh, we appreciate the email. Well, you know, Absolutely. a lot of colleges allow you to have the Wi-Fi, but they block certain content because they don't want all that crap. Well, uh, you know. And I'll, yeah, but bandwidth I costs just, money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, do you think Grenada's got a lot of money? Come on. Do you think, what, do you, what kind of thing, what kind of bandwidth do you think they have on Grenada? <laughs> I, I I don't know. Hey, you can make a cell call to call in an airstrike. That's he didn't make all a I, cell phone call. He had to. A, he called. Oh, that's right. He, he telephoned with, with his credit card. Andy, remember? He had his credit card. That's what I'm saying. Make sure you keep your credit cards right. with that you was, down there. That was really before cell phone. I mean, cell phones were he huge could, bricks at that time, he right? Couldn't, he couldn't pay. There's no cell sites to get a phone call in down there. You had yeah. to use a hard line. Was no, I, was just re- I was just saying, Richard, back then, cell phones were a huge brick. I made a mistake. Yes, he called in on the landline with his credit card. Yeah. True story. May not exactly like the movie portrayed it, but true story, it happened. Sure. Uh, that's funny. That All right. You, you got one? Adapt, overcome. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah, it's easy for you to Richard. 
um, from your cushy Orange County home while we were, you know, in the trenches putting our life on the line. By the way, where were you in the trenches there, Greg? Uh, Eglin Air Force Base for some chemical warfare training, but otherwise Northern California. Good old. Yeah. <laughs> I was say, nice. Two hours from Tahoe, an hour from Sacramento, and two hours from. That sounds like real arduous duty. It was rough. I bet it was. I'm sure. The Eglin Air Force Base chemical warfare warfare training was um, not that it was that tough, but when you start really thinking about what you'd have to go through in that kind of situation, and you had to live through chemical, you know, chemical war. Uh, that would really suck. It was not yeah. the most pleasant experience, especially when they tell you, you know, you got gas masks on, you're in a room, and you're trying to hold your breath. You so as soon as you take you it want, off, you, you can get to the door before <laughs> you get a breath. And these these TIs are great because they they've got this stuff down. So you're standing there, and he's like, great, you know, you're doing it. Okay, go. And he taps you on the back like you've done a good job. What's the first thing you do? You take a breath. Like, yeah. uh, and your eyes are watering and you know of course they said the door opens outwards you know how many guys pulled the door <laughs> now i i happen to remember and kept my calm that the door went out but there's a lot of guys like yanking on the door open up like, dumb shit but uh i can look at it's funny now it wasn't so funny back then but that's when some of those guys eating the mres you know they tra- I, tra- I trade for the things like the ham the stuff that wasn't freeze-dried you'd have some guys chomping away in a freeze-dried hamburger then drink oh, that's, oh. The wrong- that's the wrong order to do that well you know uh-huh. fills you up that's all that counts right oh, boy yeah. does it fill you up all right do you got another one because if not I- i've got no some i just have here. one that a while back with richard and i were talking about um we're talking about something about internet, and I was complaining about AT&T's U-verse. I wasn't sure if the AT&T U-verse was as good as the, you know, the files because it's supposed to be fiber. And we had talked about that. Well, somebody who works for AT&T, a senior technical director, he said this to us back in August that he, he listens to our show. That's good. yeah. He said thanks for the free ad time on this week's show. <laughs> <laughs> he says one thing: U-verse is not fiber to the home. Verizon is doing a video this way, and it's very expensive. For the last mile to your home, we're actually using copper and bonding it for higher speeds. It's uh, You know what? It's not that expensive to get files at home. No, if you're in a Verizon service area. Uh, yeah, it's true, which but I if, am. But if I'm not in a Verizon service area, I'm just, you know, sucking high tit here with, with good old Time Warner. So <laughs> Anyway, you know, I wanted to let let him know, yeah, thanks for the tip. <laughs> but uh, when, when, when you versus fiber to the house like file you know like Verizon's files then then uh, we'll talk i don't care copy time warner have you been missing your viacom television shows no i don't use time warner for television i just use time oh, warner for internet okay cuz i was going to say cuz time warner has that uh, they're still having that dispute that similar to what they had with disney uh, a year or two ago where uh, the contract expired and they just cut off the channels uh, by the way, I guess we weren't lucky enough to get the 10 seconds of porn during the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, that was only uh, Tucson, Tucson Arizona. That was awesome. <laughs> Tucson, Arizona. This is the second time something like this it has was, happened, but, I think. But that, they said it was a nefarious uh, uh, planned attack, like you think? Yeah. <laughs> it didn't just pop up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we were talking about how the game came right down to those last 30 seconds, and it was just 
just running over, I think, if I remember the 7 o'clock point. And I'm looking over, at, or actually, my wife looks over at me and she goes, I think Heidi's about to come on any second now. Well, you know, it's funny. It's my, my son went to watch the game at the block at, um, I wanted to call it Ben and Jerry's, but uh, Dave and Buster's. Dave Buster, ben and Jerry's. <laughs> a friend of his, that, uh, the parents rented a room and all that. And uh, so I dropped them off and made it back just in time for the game. Kicked everybody out of the room. You know, it's like, hey, it's football time. Get out of here. Karen comes to me about, I don't know. 15 minutes before the game actually ended. So there's maybe, you know, I think Cardinals may have just scored. Uh, you know, he needs to be picked up. <laughs> like, see ya. <laughs> I'm not leaving. I can't leave at this point of the you game. You, you know, can't like, pause your television? Oh, come on. If I would have, yes, I can. Okay. If I if I would have done that, drove him, do you think he would be telling me on the way home about this great <laughs> that was game? awesome. You know? Yeah, Dad, you missed uh, it. <laughs> it would, it'd just be like Air Force One when he's trying yeah, to get everybody not yeah. to tell him about the game. And then finally the, the waiter or the uh, steward, whatever, says, hey, yeah, great going, president. The team won. Yeah, thanks. Um, so I'm like, hey, screw you. Do you know how to get there? Uh, she's like, no. I was like, well, here's some quick directions. It's commercial so I can talk to you. Go. Uh so any good commercials that stood out to you for, since we're back uh, you in know, football? You know, you talk about that. I was going to say um, G.I. Joe. Oh, that looks like G.I. Joe looks good. Now, what I want to know fun. is G.I. Joe, is it based off that you know, remember they had the cartoon for a while, G.I. Joe? Yes. Because G.I. Joe went from the tall, good-looking, handsome G.I. Joe with the Dolls. action hand and the fuzzy hair and all yeah. that to the short little you know action plastic figure, yeah. import G.I. Yeah. Joe and then back to the semi kind of like the old original gi joe so what which is it because the old it's, old gi joe didn't really have stories you know they cobra. were just so it's the tv show cartoon that that actually was used to sell the little short japanese plastic gi joe okay all right my well, you know karen asked me and i couldn't remember because you know barbie's barbie was barbie but there were different names to barbies and i i know i had Different G.I. Joes. You know, there were, there's a dark-haired G.I. Joe. There's the fuzzy-haired G.I. Joe. There's the action-grip G.I. Joe. I don't yeah. remember if Joe had a different name back when we were kids for the different type of Joe or if they were all Joe. I don't think they had different names, but they were they were different um, branches of service. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, had a pilot, he had his orange or he had marine, you know, camouflage or he was a soldier. Yeah, I just I can't I, can't I don't think remember. they had different names. Yeah. I don't remember them having different names. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. So, uh, so I, I couldn't answer her, and you know, didn't really care that much. But it looks really good. I thought the Star Trek preview, the trailer for that, is just improved upon the previous trailers. And I thought the yeah. Transformers looked like it might be pretty good, also. So, yeah, um, I didn't realize it. You really can't go wrong with Megan Fox. I mean, no, no, uh, Trek, the Trek thing. I just, I, uh, you know. I hope he doesn't turn in. Is it is J.J. Abrams directing this? Yeah. I'm not sure if he's directing and producing or just producing or directing. Richard, you just said you knew. He said, yeah, yeah. he's directing, I believe. Because, you know, sometimes I would let, wish they would just let the camera linger an extra second or two on some uh, of these you, fantastic crap they're showing us. You don't think that's on purpose? Come on. Well, I hope, I'm know? hoping it's just, you know, for trailer to get you, you know, your interest uh, up. Have, have you seen the full trailer that came out with... Um, when he jumps out of the Bond, car? With Bond, yeah. Yeah, when he jumps out of the car and he stops and is looking at the Enterprise being built. Yeah, and I'm like, pause. <laughs> you know, 
But yeah, they're yeah, yeah. It, it took me a second to realize that uh, he was in bed with Ahura, because you know J.J. Abrams is just totally thrown out any Star Trek lore. I mean, they've kept the names to protect the innocent, and the rest of it's you know kind of cannons going out the window. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, come on, Kirk and Spock and school at the same time, or yeah, uh, you know, yeah. meeting McCoy as he's riding somewhere, and uh, you know. Yeah. Well, now I I, di- I didn't realize till uh, that that was supposed to be um, a Pike, and that so the ship that's probably you're seeing being built on ground is if it's the Enterprise, of course that's all out of you know that's totally out of canon. Um, I I was wondering for a while if that first teaser where you just saw the ship being assembled and Leonard Nimoy's voice was going, if that was going to be something you never see in the film, you know something that they were just. Uh, building you up for because that happens quite a bit you know yeah, trailers yeah. make nothing in just them, yeah. to tease you yeah uh director jj abrams well and, and who is the producer uh writer's contract release um i think leonard nimoy is one of the uh producers i'm looking them up right now all right. Well, yeah, either director, way, yeah. director Abrams, writers, yeah, plot, genre, blah, blah. Yeah, it, I, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it, and I better not be let down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw that car, whole car thing when I was in Vegas, and it's, I wasn't really too keen on it, but when I saw that trailer, it's, oh, caught my But, you uh, know, here's my, my analogy, and I was telling somebody this today at work because we were talking about movies, what we wanted to see, what, what we thought of this and that. And I kind of compare it like I do to Disneyland. My worst day at Disneyland or Disney World with the worst cast members is still better than my best day at work. Correct. The worst Star Trek movie is still better than spending <laughs> a day at work or going to you know some stupid chick flick or you know something that just you don't like. You know it's your genre. You like it. Star Trek Five, absolutely the worst Star Trek movie. <laughs> was I, that the one directed I, by Bill Shatner? Yes, yeah, it is. Was, yeah, <laughs> I can still pull that out and watch it now and then, and it's Star Trek, it's and a, it is the worst. But it's got a couple but, of good moments in it. And if you, I read one of Shatner's daughters' books, where she read and she interviewed him. The story he tells that he wanted to make and what he got to make, and with what effects they cut out. If, you know, if it's all true, Shatner was bent over, yeah. and the whole studio came by and gave him a piece. Yeah, basically that's what. Yeah, I remember when you were telling me about that. And then I got it from uh, another. Uh, there was a couple of articles that were online about that as well. About what, hey, how, the, there, how the studio screwed him over. Oh yeah, they didn't. Oh. They didn't want to spend money. He had this really cool effect starting out in space. It slowly comes into the Earth. Well, that was cut way back if to non-existent. His storyline changed a lot. The whole God thing got changed. You know, uh. just they butchered the whole thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, the whole thing just. They, they just kept cutting it back down. It would, the original story would have lasted about two hours and 10, 220 or something like that, and they cut it down to 100 minutes or something. Yeah, a lot, like well, a lot of it wasn't even filmed. They literally cut the script down. They cut you know effects out before they would have even been put into production, blah, 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 blah. But I got to say, Shatner has learned to really laugh at himself, and yeah. I love that new commercial for Priceline with the the, the Japanese you, guy or Asian uh, guy. I'm not sure, uh, you know, where he's talking to his wife and he's listening to Shatner. To yeah, yeah. oh yeah, what, what to say to her? <laughs> that is a funny commercial. 
Yeah, I like Bill Shatner. Okay, J.J. Uh, Abrams is also producer. producer along, with, uh, along with his usual suspects, Brian Burke, Lindelof, Burke. Kurtzman. Uh, yeah, sure oh, well, they, uh, You know, uh, if th- it would be pretty hard for them to screw it up. These guys know what they're doing. Uh, can you, can you pull Michael out a dud? Can you pull out a dud from J.J. Abrams? Uh, yes, you can. What, what? What's your dud from Abrams? Cloverfield uh, is a dud, I'm isn't just it? curious. Cloverfield. Cloverfield. Isn't, Cloverfield, isn't Cloverfield have, considered a dud? I have. Uh, yes, sir, um, I think it is. I haven't yeah. seen Cloverfield. I know I, my kids George thought it was Pinocchio. interesting, but, you know. George what's Pinocchio that, Richard? Was, George Pinocchio on uh, uh, ABC television here in L.A. was talking about people were literally, when he went to the uh, preview of it, people were walking out midway through the film. And these are professional uh, reporters that were walking out on this film. They, wow. they just... Yeah, I haven't seen was, it, so I, I don't know this one. I'm just looking at a list of stuff he's been associated with, uh, and uh, uh, Paul Bearer wasn't all that funny. I mean, it had you know the the Suburbans, but you know his newer stuff he's done pretty well. Felicity was a successful series. Alias was a successful yes. series. Uh, I don't think. I was going to say I, the one. I'm interested in seeing what Cloverfield looks like, but the one thing Panaco did say is. Cloverfield will work better on a small screen of television than the big screen because the way it was filmed with the motion. And that's something that does concern me a little bit on Star Trek. Is he going to be filming it for a small screen? Because you can't make those rapid movements on the large screen like you can on television. Well, that's that's a whole different style. You can, but it doesn't always play for everybody. It's like Mike's uh, obsession with... Um, Michael Bay. Uh, Michael Bay and his... Hold the right. freaking camera still, you commercial... I'll eat, yeah. <laughs> See, and it doesn't bother some people. So some people that, that yep. moves the camera, it creates excitement, and you don't. It's like that dramatic entry. On, I know on, on Armageddon, where the ast or the, all the astronauts are standing there with their hands behind their back. You got the you the SR seventy one sitting there, and the camera pans down into it. That just drives you nuts, right? No, it's it's not so much that. I mean, a camera, a slow camera pan is is different than jump cuts. Three seconds yes. of this, or second and a half of this jump cut, second and a half of this jump cut, second, and it's like. Okay, I know you came up making commercials. Forget about telling a story in 30 seconds. How about try telling a story <laughs> in freaking in an hour and a half? Hour and a half. But, you yeah. know, I liked Armageddon. I liked The Rock. I, I like Armageddon. I do, but you know, there's some, there's some some points where you get into an action sequence, like on The Rock, the chase in the Hummer. Oh, well, I, I love that chase. Yeah, okay. But why do you need to see Sean Connery's eyeballs in the rearview mirror every, you know, for a second and a half? Every minute, drama. There's no drama there. You know he's getting chased. Uh, Uh, You know, it it just took away. I know know what Mike says. I I I agree with Mike to a point. I also agree with with Greg. I like I like the chase and part of it is when you're doing those. Yeah, the drama effect where you're trying to redirect the audience on the intensity of the scene. And you're trying to build up that intensity. But I agree with you, Mike. I I think there's a point where you're you start doing too many jump cuts. You start moving the camera too fast. Um, on a big screen, it gets really distracting. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. See those? I love those in the big screen. I, I'm not. You know, but though I have a big screen at home, not quite as big as the theater. Uh, I don't know. I see. I I like those. I'm not as a purist on some of those uh, things as you guys are. I and that's okay. I mean, purist. What, I just I, you know. Like crane shots, love crane shots, Luma stuff, you know, things where the camera's moving fluid, yep, you know, yep. bringing in, you know, or steady cam work. That's all fine. It's just 
jump you, cuts. Just you know why? What? Okay, I'm gonna go on. Did you guys see the original Brady Bunch movie that was on <laughs> with uh, Gary Cole and all them? Oh yeah, yeah, a, yeah. Okay, you remember the scene where they had uh, what is it, it, Richard Belzer? And he's talking, and when they're talking to, he's playing a police detective in the movie, and every time they have it on uh, Richard Belzer, the camera's doing that little jiggly reality scene. And then they go back to Gary Cole, and it's rock solid, steady. And yeah, then yeah. go back to it, and they have that little jiggly thing that they always do on, um, like, uh, uh, like uh, Law and Order. Order. Yeah, yeah. Where <laughs> it's moving back, and, and I mean, they just played with it back and forth. Where they go back to Gary Cole, rock steady. Then they go back, and it has this little. Well, you get, that kind of got started with that one cop show. Uh, late night when that yeah. redhead. Yeah, you know, yeah, I know what show you're talking about. Show, show the guy's butt and everybody. No, oh, NYPD, my God. NYPD Blue. Yeah. NYPD Blue, yeah. And, and I love that. And towards the later years, a lot of that rawness went away and it became a little more polished. And I, I liked the rawness of it. Now, the only thing that I uh, found that might be disappointing to me about Cloverfield is the company who made the trailer to sell it to us, the marketers, Made it look like a big sci-fi film, but it's not as much from what I understand because my kids saw it. That's like a subtext behind the real story of these two people. Uh, uh, so I don't know. But anyways, short of Cloverfield, you know, you've got a guy that's got a track record that not many have today. I mean, Lost is very successful. Fringe, Fringe. is one of the top rated shows on TV right now. Um, Here, I'll, I could sum up J.J. Abrams really quickly. He knows how to suck you in, right? He builds a very interesting picture and a story on the screen and sucks you and you want to find out more, and then he doesn't end it. I don't know. I think you'll find because... Are you saying you know, he leaves you hanging? Huh? Are you saying that he leaves you hanging there? I don't or? know about leaves you hanging, but every question you get answered, lost, you get you know two more that come up. I mean, I'm sucked well, in. I'm sucked in, but I want, it, I want it, it... You know, they're promising that they're going to wrap this all up. They... Better three, damn it. three more seasons. They're wrapping it up. But Alias, Alias was wrapped up. Now Felicity, that's just a fluff show. No, but, the, well, Felicity uh, got canceled. I think. I don't know, I think you got a chance to tell us the whole story. How, how do you wrap up a show like that? Anyway, it's just it's a fluff show. I mean, yeah, it's, it goes on and on. Uh, but you know, Lost has a definite path, and it's not as much Abrams. I'm not sure what his total involvement is in executive producers, but it's really David Lindelof. Uh, Linda, I, I yeah, butchered I his name. Lindelof, yeah. And the other guy that do the podcast, which is hilariously funny, it's even more raw than us. They don't curse because they try to keep it a little more online. But there's a lot of subtext, a lot of running jokes that if you've been listening to it for a long time, you, you understand. Otherwise, you have no clue and you think these two are idiots. But it's so loose, it, it's fun. you know. And, it, and they haven't done one this season yet. There's been a couple of video ones and one very short uh, audio one and the video one's done by one like one of the interns or something like that. And he's not bad, but he over if you watch it, he over emphasizes his words and you can really see him mouthing them out like he wants to make sure he doesn't mumble through something. And I find it a little annoying, but I don't know. I think you're gonna find it you know, lost they they know they've got I think fifteen shows per season, three more seasons, it's wrapped up. But you're right, they but think of it, if they answer a question, you're done. They have to keep. Yeah, I, I no, I understand that, but they, that's what the show's about. You know, <laughs> they can't come in and say, oh, "We're going to answer all your questions." No, you're not, you freaking liars. Well, no, yeah, of course <laughs> they're like they got to keep you coming. You know? uh, now, have you seen Fringe? Yeah, I watched Fringe for um, 
like the first five, four or five episodes when it first came out, and then something else came back, came back from my end. And I well, that's what that's it. what DVRs are about. Now, if, here's a little funny side note. We've got a real, I'll call him a dear friend from down under Australia, right? Yeah. Do you know which two actors on that show are are Australian? Um. I'm going to say the professor and the girl. <laughs> Which girl? There's more than one girl. No, the main character girl, the blonde. Okay, the main okay, not not the the girl that's in the lab working. Not the one, with the take, not the one taking care of the cow. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to love the professor. The things he said. He's but awesome. Yes, yeah. He he is Australian, and uh, the girl that plays Olivia, I forgot her real name, is uh, Australian. You know, I was telling Chris from the Big D the other day, you know, for a while it was all you damn Canadians coming down here taking our acting jobs. Now, now it's the, the Australians. Office. Every time I turn around, oh, yeah, there's the, a new Oscar. The girl from Chuck's off Australian, too. I haven't yeah. seen Chuck. Now, weren't they in 3D a night or two ago? Last night, yeah. Last night and also tonight they repeated the episode. You haven't seen I, Chuck? I've, I've never seen Chuck in my life. I have no idea what Chuck is. I, I, haven't, I haven't watched... I watched the first two seasons of Chuck, and then you know the writer strike screwed me out of that one, so we haven't picked that one back up. Okay, but Chuck's pretty funny. You'd like it. Is I it? Well, you know, like as it is, I have too much TV as yeah, far as I'm here. concerned, yeah. and you know, uh, two shows just came back on that we really like: Monk and Psych. Uh, Psych is just so silly; it's funny. And oh, excuse me. Oh, that that tastes Get any good. Get on you? No, but I, I whatever it was, it, it's good the second time. <laughs> Um, you know what I always say? It's better to burp and taste it than it's fart and waste, and waste it. it. Yeah, yeah. Say swear and tear um, on the other end. <laughs> that's right. Um, you, you're familiar with The Mentalist, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Show, another very top-rated show. The Mentalist I look at is a um, network version of Psych. Same exact concept. You've got a guy who, you know kind of played himself off as a psychic or uh, something right before his family gets killed and now he you know he's an observer he's a very observant person he knows how people think how people move he watches looks for those little details well psych's the same way except he plays himself off as a psychic and it's all fake oh, okay. and he's got this little side side partner you know it's a usa uh, network show it's amazing. USA used to be known as a place where shows go to die or, you know, you show old movies that sucked. They've got, you know, three or four top-rated shows on the USA Network. What I have never figured out is Monk. Monk is, is highly successful, highly rated, awarded, went to Network. Came back, yeah. And failed on Network and has been very successful on uh, USA, which what I have to say is the rating system – mean squat to me because you have shows that can be really successful but the network stooges have to have you know certain ratings and uh, you know they'll, they'll give a show like sequest whatever it was called it's like three years <laughs> they keep resurrecting it changing things and then they cancel other shows that we we like home front which we thought was really good i liked earth too was a little quirky but there were shows that really had some quality to them they get canned and then they keep resurrecting something stupid well sequest started off with a good uh, intent but it, it just really went in three or four different directions and sequest was really good for maybe a mini series or a movie but uh, it, it lost its storyline after a while and it lost definitely lost its way well you know i didn't think i could client- get into to Battlestar, I watched the miniseries, was a little bugged out by, you know, uh, a chick being uh, Starbuck, went back and I've now caught up and I'm watching it, 
you know, episode by episode, but caught up with all the past ones. And I really got into it. I thought, you know, this show is very good. It's done very well. And again, it should be. It's done by old Star Trek producers. Uh, yeah. It bothered and, me at first about having a female Starbuck, but then, man, it changed. It gave a whole new dynamics to the stories between uh, Starbuck and Apollo, too. <laughs> yeah, like not gay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're saying something about uh, uh, not Dirk there's anything, not and, there's anything uh, wrong with that, yeah. you know. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> but no, oh, I mean, gosh, it gave some whole, whole new storylines on how that you know passed and how they're reacting and everything. Blah, blah, blah. All right, yeah. let's see if uh, we have yeah. any other emails to kill think, while we're here. I think we should go to uh, GI Joe. Did you notice who the uh, director of GI Joe was? Here is Stephen Summers from the Mummy. Oh, yeah, oh, I like did a good job, yeah. yeah. He did a really good job on that. It's uh, set for uh, August, so. You know, I'd say happen. I'd say you know, I hope uh, that J.J. Abrams' version of Star Trek doesn't make Roddenberry spin in his grave, but he's already spinning in space, so I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what's funny is you know you always hear about uh, Roddenberry is you know he didn't want a world of conflict or a future of conflict that you know it was this future where everybody got along. Well. You know, and there was a lot of complaints when Next Generation came out. Yet, you know, he was involved in the first season or two of that. Yes. Um, and then quite he, frankly, it's all bullshit because if you look at the original series, every time we turn around, there was fight, conflict. Yeah, there was there was even ones where they had taken guys from either Earth or Earth colonies that were in you know lockup somewhere. Remember that one where they put Kirk in the chair, you know, and they you know yeah. were zapped whatever, and that was a penal colony. Well, you know, come on, so. Well, you can't. Know, you people, can't have. You can't have. You know, uh, an interesting story without conflict, right? Well, I realize that, but it's kind of like the same mythology that that uh, it surrounds Disney. Like everything's perfect. Everything's family. Walt wouldn't have done this. Walt wouldn't have done that. Well, the same thing goes around the the whole Star Trek uh, world and and what. Well, Rottenberry wouldn't have done this. He wouldn't have liked the uh, Deep Space Nine because that's not really what Star Trek was supposed to be oh. about. No, I, I I disagree. I like. I think Roddenberry would have loved it on a lot of different things, Gene, on, especially with the Gene way they Roddenberry did. turned the turned the reins over to Star, uh, turned the, the reins of Star Trek over to Michael Pillar, and Michael Pillar understood you know the Star Trek fans and the the business of Star Trek very well. It's when uh, uh, Berman and Braga got a hold of it that it started. Well, I don't know. I think they did okay in Deep Space Nine, but it's some of the movies, you know. Uh, just, I, I in a way I too I think it, they needed almost needed a break. Uh, they went, you know, su- successful movies, yes, blockbusters, no, but uh, I don't know. I, I think they could have brought some of the different storylines together. Rather, than, at first they continued the, the original generation way too long. You got a ship full of captains versus <laughs> you know senior officers and junior officers and in yeah. the grunt. You know, till everybody's a flag officer on the bridge. Come on, that doesn't. You know, so it, it, some of that kind of people kind of went ah. Uh, you know, it was then the next generation kind of came in. They had a few good ones, a few not so good ones, but you know, whatever. So is that a good segue to um, uh, Housebusters? Sure, Housebusters. Other though, sure. did we ever go over that mice, the, the 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 email from Brad about a mice chat insider? Where he talks about y- oh, maybe we shouldn't. Yeah, no, no. I I saw that mail. I don't think it's worth reading. Well, sorry to Brad that Mike doesn't no, no, think it's no, worth no, reading. No, but, it's, uh, it's not a- if, if you want to revisit it, Mike uh, or Brad, send it to us again in a different format that Mike 
could find it wow. acceptable to our audience, okay? <laughs> All right, so as a segue, we got an email. We, we asked for email, and what do, you, what do you know? The same Brad is the one that sent us an email uh, for this one. My Mouse Busters myth. Country Bear Jamboree was, underlined, developed for the Mineral King Ski Resort. Now, what? it's not as a question. It's as a statement. I'm not sure if he's wanting us to confirm that or saying he doesn't believe that. That part's not really clear. And he says, P.S. Greg should go back and listen to one of the early shows and hear what he said about opinion. And, yeah, everybody's got one. Maybe that I, I don't know what show he's referring to, but you know we've all said everybody's got opinions. This one I have to I have to say is fact. Okay, but let's discuss it. So, is it a myth that the Country Bear Jamboree was developed for the Mineral King Ski Resort? I don't think so. You don't think it was developed for the Mineral? No, King I don't Resort? think it's a myth. Okay, and why not? Because in their own in their own web page for this attraction, they talk about. How Country Bear Jamboree is one of the very last attractions that Walt Disney personally helped develop. The show okay, was originally planned for never built Disney Ski Report in Mineral King, California. Okay, they added uh, for, for a minute there. I thought you were going to end it. Walt no. oversaw. No. So what? Didn't mean it was for the Mineral King. Yeah, and I, there's back in the old Disney news where they talked about Mineral King. They talked about it, uh, having an entertainment and audio animatronic show. And I have found it on more than one website, which doesn't mean it's true, but. All the evidence points to this as being not a bustable myth that it is actually true that it was developed as an entertainment uh, venue for night, I guess for night, uh, for guests at night at the Mineral King. Spit it out, Greg. Come on. Come on. Now, now Richard, you were going to add to it because other than going to that website, uh, what have you heard in the past uh, being at the park, blah, 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 about about what? That about mineral, that, that about the, the freaking Mineral King. and well, This is what we're talking about, Richard. What yeah, have you heard I, about? Well, what the frick are you asking me to, to expand on? I, Mike just spelled out exactly what I... Okay, what so I you, have, you have nothing to add. Shut up. Okay. Um, so <laughs> we're going to... Not that I have nothing to add. Well, you, Mike said what, what I'm going to say. What do you want do, me to say? What do you have to add, Greg? I just added what I had to add, but I wanted to know if Richard wanted to chime in, and he sat there in silence... Uh, you know he's been banned from the Beach Club Studios because he broke my chair a couple episodes ago. <laughs> or he has to bring his own. <laughs> yeah, he's going to have to bring his own double-wide trailer with him. <laughs> oh, that's rude. <laughs> no, the only, uh, the only thing I can add that might have been in there for anyone that wanted to look it up, there's even a mention of it in the National Park Service uh, website uh, about Sequoia National Park and Kings Canyon National Park. Um, that Mineral King is a piece of a property that was prior to 19, I think it was early 70s, late 70s. Uh, was actually just private property that uh, the Walt Disney Company owned, or back then it was Walt Disney Productions owned, and they were going to de develop it into a ski resort out just outside the national park boundaries, and that was where uh, the whole thing was going to be developed over there. the The show was developed for that ski resort. Since then, Mineral Kings, yeah. Richard, do you want to revise those years a little bit? What years did he say? What? I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, I was reading, Richard. I missed what years you said. 
He mentioned the early 70s, but I, I think Walt died in the 60s. So if he's involved with this. Okay. Now, now, if you can remember all that I said, Greg, instead of just certain parts, because I know you don't listen to what I talk about, prior to it being absorbed into the National Park, I think it was in the early or mid-70s when the National Park took over that property. Prior to it, it was just open territory, and it was owned by Walt Disney Productions. And in here it says right here, January 1966, Walt Disney Productions, the top bidder, signed a three-year development contract. So that was January of 66 that Walt Disney Productions uh, took hold of that property. But since then, it's become part of the national park system. It was, I think, absorbed into uh, uh, Kings Canyon National Park. And guess who the do-gooders were who screwed over Disney for this resort? <laughs> Wonderful Sierra Club. Oh, turkeys. Yeah. In fact, there's uh, on the website here... I actually have a, a uh, let me look it up right here. There's a guy that's, that his whole big thing here, no, not that one, uh, goes from the Sierra Club point of view on this entire thing. So I found that kind of an interesting uh, topic of reading as well, that they vowed this, oh, here we are, High Country News. Yes, High Country News is publication of the Sierra Club, if I remember correctly. For people who care about the West, and it talks about the saga of Mineral King, and it talks about when Walt Disney came in, the Sierra Club vowed to stop him. So, Little did we know that Walt Disney ran up against the Sierra Club and was about to rape and pillage <laughs> the natural environment of California. What a damn fool that man was. How, how cruel... And could Walt yeah, but there's, be, there's some people that despite, think that, that Walt had the personal charm. You know, he, 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 he could that sell he snow to Eskimos, don't you think? Yeah. What's, I'm sorry, what's that? Snow to Eskimos? No, yeah. but Walt, you know, he was a salesman. I mean, shoot, if he can get if he can get penny-pinching bankers that give him money to build a freaking park, theme park, he could have probably well, he got did. the Sierra Club guy. Well, no, because he kicked the bucket. No, 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 no. I'm saying, uh, you're saying he got bankers to do these parks, really, Roy... Well, okay, in. you're right. And yeah, but I know what you mean. If it Roy or if Walt didn't have these visions that he could have people stay up all night and draw, Roy would have nothing to go to the bankers and say this is what we want to do. But I, I think you'll find, even though the Sierra Club was blocking this, I bet you it wouldn't have got built anyways. And that Disney might have just backed out because of the publicity. Last thing I think Walt probably would have wanted was that to go public and have that kind of problem and well it, it mentions in this article here it says major forces were in support of the disney project including the forest service the national park service then california governor ronald reagan and all the local newspapers were all in favor of this all, all in walt's disney's pocket because they're hollywood <laughs> friends that's right yeah that's true that's right <laughs> and the club went and filed suit in june of 1969 and they kept and in fact, the original suit was thrown down. Um, the judge said that the Sierra Club couldn't prove anything, that there was any harm going on. But they just kept pushing and pushing. And see, there's, that, here's, there's that hard thing where in California they've been erring on the side of what if. You can't prove any harm 
before something's built. You can only say potentially there will be harm. For instance, like this white spotted owl that supposedly were decimating their environment. They have managed to find a way to survive anyhow. Inside, I mean, they they adapt. They find different ways. Yes, we don't want to purposely go out and hunt down and kill every one of these owls, but you know who's yeah. gonna who at some point has to give. Should we start doing what China does and just allow one child per person? I mean, what are we going to do? Yeah, no. You know, we love the spotted owl with the <laughs> sauce. It's a tasty little fowl. Yeah, it tastes like chicken. If God didn't want us to eat animals, he wouldn't have made them out of meat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and if, uh, if dolphins were supposed to stay out of the net, they'd be made smarter. That's right. <laughs> you, tuna... Tuna just does not taste the same without since it become dolphin free. free. Yeah, <laughs> mentions that by seventy, uh, they allowed logging in the area. So, okay, you kicked Disney out with his ski resort, but they allowed loggers to come in and just rape and pillage the land. So, you know, it's hard to say. It's like that argument: could Walt have actually built Epcot the way he wanted to? Uh, you know, you it, the tough about thing. That. It's like people have asked us. You know, if 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 you could tour Walt around the park today, what would you say? What would you show him? I don't know if that's like a loaded question because anybody today trying to think what Walt would have done probably would fail because Walt continually proved everybody wrong by doing things that they said couldn't be done. So he never stuck with a conventional, you know, way of doing things. He always changed the game plan and set new standards. So it's kind of, that's it's hard to do that. Would I say, hey, go look at go look at DCA? It would have been better as a parking lot. I don't think so. I think you can find good about it. You can find bad about it. But, you know, it, it's a whole different world today. So it's hard to say, you know, w- what he would do and what he wouldn't do. It's, it's, it's really kind of a loaded question, I think. And, and one thing that everybody always says, Walt was always an innovator. He always adjusted to what his audience was looking at. And he always adjusted to what there was available to show that audience, too. So oh, Plus, he loved technology. So he'd grab, you know, the latest oh, yeah. thing. You know, people have complained about when a studio changed to the Xerox process. That happened under Disney. You know, he was, he right? was experimenting with something new. So I think he would have got into CGI. He would have done everything he could. Absolutely. Uh, oh, absolutely. So, yeah, no, I mean, you, you just Because was a storyteller, know. right? The medium didn't matter so much as if the story was compelling and good. You don't have to say that that, that Ill, now ill-fated podcast that had, um, uh, was that, Mangello and... What was that? WDW Today? Was that? No, that's the other, the four I think guys. Nathan Rose and. Yeah, what was Nathan and Lou's show? I, I'm, I'm. WW Radio. No, that's Nathan, That's Lou's new show. But what was their old show? Oh, I don't Where remember. they were together. I don't remember. Anyway, anyways, they had, they were. Now, I may be misquoting this as, as far as I remember, but they were talking about CGI. And I think they both thought it was a passing phase. It wouldn't last. And, you know, they weren't real thrilled with the CGI. You know, I think it's good for what it is. I still love the, excuse me, the original hand-drawn animation. I just watched The Black Cauldron the other night just to kind of watch it again to see, did I miss something here? Not really, but I wanted to give it a chance. And the animation is pretty pretty good. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, that, we do miss that type of, or I do, miss that type of animation, though I love CGI. I think each one of them has a a platform. I don't think you'd go make Snow White that kind of story out of the CGI look. I, for me, that wouldn't work. But it works for Cars. It works for Up. It works for those uh, type of stories. You know, 
<laughs> up, the previews for Up look good, but, but how? You know, what's the rest oh, of the movie going to be like? We got, we got a. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the name of the movie was now. It's slipping my mind. We had the uh, animators coming in a couple months ago. They were com- uh, going into Fantasyland, taking a lot of the pictures of the architecture, and they're using the modern computer animated animation methods that have been used for uh, Pixar has been using, and also Disney's been using for things like uh, uh, Chicken Little. But they're making a new one, but they wanted to get the same type of architecture that has been in past Disney films, trying to get that older style look to it. So I'm trying to remember what the name of the uh, film is. I was talking well, to the animators. I think it's um, I think it's what, what, so, what, what you're saying is they're, they're trying to use computer technology to replicate an older style and look of animation. Exactly. And I think that can be done because they, even in like our 3D CAD, which is very modern and CGI looking, I would say, there are ways to give it a more soft and hand look because there are still enough people who want to see that more artistic rendering rather than this computer-generated thing. It'll take a generation, maybe less of a generation now that are quickly adapting to that newer look, but there's still enough people around that want to see the more artistic flair because quite honestly, you can lie and sell people with something a little more artistic than this model that looks perfect you know yeah. what i'm saying yes looks lifelike yeah and that, that whole term photorealistic is a little misnomer too because that applies to painting it, yeah and, and some of our renders you know they say it's photorealistic and we don't like to use that term because you know again it's misleading and uh yeah anyways that's that's a whole nother thing but all right so mouse buster myth number one I, I, well, I, you know, he didn't word it as, you know, are we trying to bust it? it just He just kind of wrote a statement. So, um, well, okay. We, I say, it, yeah, if he wrote it as his question, uh, was it developed for, or he didn't believe it was developed for, we're saying, yes, yes. we can say unequivocally that it was developed. Now, was it developed as we know it today? Was it that refined? Probably not. So let's. We could qualify well, with as the concept okay. they wanted to do a show which involved bears in a singing environment and audio, audio animatronic to entertain guests. Is it, it what a, we know what today? What, okay, is, let me ask you a yeah. question. What do you feel about Jim Hill? Well, as much as sometimes I think he's a pompous kind of person, I think he gets a lot of information correctly. Okay. Uh, on, on one hand, he can drop a name with no problem and then the next hand he'll say well i can't mention this name because i saw him it's like you know he's kind of wishy-washy and back and forth and some of that and he turns some people off i've listened to him on nathan's show a couple times um but he does seem to potentially like the other guy we don't like so much al lutz have contacts that he gets accurate information from now he does sometimes get interact inaccurate information but he gets a lot of accurate information too. So he, I think what turned me off to Jim Hill was that whole story around Disneyland when he was having, he the, was kind of selling his tours, services yeah, for the tour. Yeah. That kind of, I got to make, give me kind of a sour taste in my mouth about him. But, you know, he does seem to come up with. Because he has a nice little article on the development of Country Bear, or not uh, development of Country Bear, but development of the Mineral King project. And or, so what what are you trying to say? Is he debunking what we've just said? No, no, he's supporting it. I mean, he's got if if what he's saying is true, 
you know, Walt told Mark Davis to develop a show for Mineral King. Okay. So, you know, he, you know, uh, da, 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 uh, handed off this task to Mark in the early fall of 1966, just about the same time that Disney and Edmund Brown held a press conference to talk about the plans for the Mineral King property. Um, Mineral King looked like a done deal at this point, so Mark Davis devoted weeks of his time doing preliminary design work on the Ski Area Bear Show. Mark covered the walls of his office in Glendale, floor to ceiling with comical pictures of bears, bears singing in barbershop quartets, bears performing in Dixieland bands, bears riding on bicycles built for two. I mean, you know, he goes on a long list, right? Um, then he talks about how Walt was going through his cancer business. Um, so which one day in December, Disney found himself in Mark Davis' office. Walt spotted one sketch in particular, a fat little bear that was playing a tuba, and just laughed and laughed. He told Mark that, I think you've got a real winner with this bear band idea. With that, Walt got up and as he turned and go, said goodbye, Mark, which kind of took oh, yeah. Mark by surprise, blah, blah, blah. So, he, never, yeah. he never says goodbye. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard that story yeah. in different variations when the last time he saw this guy or that guy, he said goodbye, and he never said that. Well, now, the funny thing is that this also talks about the Sierra Club and their blocking and all this stuff. But even though the Sierra Club was pissed off, the Forest Service and the Alpine Ski Organization, whatever, both awarded Walt, gave Walt awards for his idea of developing Mineral King. Because he was now, doing so much for raising the awareness of whatever. Yeah, posthumously awarded Disney the Hans George Award, which is annually presented to the individual who has done the most that year to elevate the sport of skiing. And there's another quote in here about how the Forest Service gave him something, too. Now, Jim Hill is also a guy who, and I heard this on his show with Nate, or on Nathan's show with him, uh, however that goes. Remember, we've talked to, about the rumor of turning uh, the Mickey Floral into Kermit. Yeah, <laughs> Kermit. We laughed, and now he, he absolutely says that was true. That it was in. And here's how the story goes. Here, and this plays in a little bit to what Richard has said, which I had never heard, but he said he had heard that they were going to turn the Lincoln Theater into um, uh, the Muppet 3D. They had toyed with that. They had been looking at it. The way he described it was this was at the time when Jim Henson was coming to Disney and the deal was being made before he died, right? So the idea was the Fab Five was going to welcome the new family in of characters. And what the Fab Five was going to do was go on vacation. This whole, um, oh, wow. This, this whole um, marketing scheme was uh, a made up to where the Fab Five's going on vacation, and for a year you're going to get to know our new family members. Uh, for only a year, the Kermit uh, Frog, Kermit the Frog, was going to be the, in the floral. Uh, now the the attraction might have gone on longer, but this was like a year event. Now I don't trust those kind of year events because we've seen in the past, or sometimes not just recently, but in the past when those kind of things just don't go away. Uh, so that was his play on that, which he says is absolutely true. His sources tell him all this. And then, of course, Jim Henson died. Um, uh, some of the agreements fell through. It actually took a while for them to actually acquire them. It was They stayed with a licensing agreement, I guess, for quite a while before Disney actually acquired the Henson Studios. Um, so anyways, that's – I'd always heard thought that as a, a myth that was untrue. Now, Jim Hill says it is true. So, you know, can I believe him on everything? He does seem to get a lot of things right. I don't know if I always believe the spin, sometimes the, the sarcasm or the, 
negative spins I don't care for as much. But, hey, in the real world, probably a lot of that's true. You know, Disney smoked. Oh, my God. You know, a lot of people still don't buy into some of that stuff. He drank a lot. Uh, you know, Carl, it, Walt Disney made that comment about himself. Oh, yeah. I am not Walt Disney, right? The, the Walt right. Disney is the company. I am not Walt Disney. Uh, yeah, I... Walt Disney doesn't smoke. I have I go through two and a half packs a day. Walt Disney doesn't drink. I enjoy an after after lunch bout. Wow, oh, yeah. he even has uh, uh, some of the photos of the 1966 press conference. He looked bad. Yeah, uh, but he's out there up at the forest at the forest ranger station. Holy cow, that's a drive. Actually, he looked really bad in some pictures I saw of him. At the Olympics, up is that Squaw Valley? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He did the opening ceremony at Squaw Valley. Yeah. Years early, nineteen sixty. Uh huh. Yeah, he he wasn't look. I didn't think he looked very good then. And I've heard some people say that you know he had just kept this all quiet. He had been battling this for a little while and not really done did much about it. You know, I, I maybe it's one of those things. It's like you know Patrick Swayze right now, right? He's had cancer. He had a re, well. He had a mo- pneumonia. Went back into the hospital. The guy smokes. They want him to stop. He's like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, what good is it going to do me to, to stop now? now? Yeah. You know, I, I enjoy it. What am I going to do? Uh, my, we just had to tell my grandmother. She's 97. Her potassium is really high. No peanuts. No peanut butter. She loves peanut butter. No bananas. No orange juice. Yet some of her medication said take with orange juice or banana. So we had to get some of this straightened out. She loves some of these foods. Now they're going to take them away from her. Knowing her because she's 97 and she's, you know, keeps saying every year I'm not going to see another birthday. And then, you know, five years later she's still kicking. Um, <laughs> she might just do it anyways. I mean, you know, uh, George Burns smoked till he was, what, 100? 101, yeah. yeah. So some, people's, some people can do it. Some people can't. And uh, like I say, what, what are you going to do with, like, Patrick Swayze? Oh, come on. You want me to quit now? You, I, I can see Walt doing the same thing. <laughs> Do that little breather thing. <laughs> well, you know, well, as, you know you, as a comic once said, he said, you know, yeah, smoking, smoking, you know, takes years off your life, but it's all the crappy years at the end of your life anyway. So who cares? Yeah, you, you, have you, have you been to a nursing home <laughs> and you would tell those people that they could live longer if they hadn't smoked? They'd probably say, <laughs> Shut who cares? Up, yeah. Up. Take up well, smoking then. All right. Well, it's it's quite obvious, you know, that there's there's no shortage. I mean, even the National Forest Service has a talk on their, their website about, or National Park Service rather, has talked well, on there, their website about the the Disney development at Mineral King. It's just there's the, no doubt about yeah. the Mineral King portion of it. It's just whether I guess, or not they had country bears going in there, and I I'd like to think so because, you know, Walt's not one to, just build a ski resort yeah. without some kind of flair to it. I. I, I have found multiple things of re- what I would consider reliable sources that one uh, showed that Walt Disney actually gave the go ahead for the type of attraction. Like I say, what we see today is the final attraction. Obviously, from the story you just told, probably wasn't even that developed yet. It was developed as far as, you know, Mark Davis, who was great at the caricatures with, with animals, had an idea of what the show could become, but probably didn't even have one script idea yet he was just developing characters sure. i'm guessing yeah yeah and walt's like i like it keep developing it so you can say that's the last attraction he approved <laughs> and we know right i mean yeah, it, okay because he said go ahead right <laughs> george like, watched it slept here and here and here and here. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah you, know, you, it's you get down to the, the yeah the white house now lincoln bedroom well 
considering the whole thing was gutted in the 50s, was it the 50s or the 40s, when they rebuilt the interior, nothing is really quite like it was You know, yeah, before. FDR lived in Blair House. Wasn't FDR lived in Blair House? I can't Truman. remember. Truman. Yeah, Truman lived in Blair House, okay. Yeah, he, he stepped into the White House, and he said it was a death trap, and he wasn't going to walk in there. Yeah, Truman did a lot of things that, uh, you know, Truman also did a war, or not a war crimes, a, uh, but when he was still a senator during the World War II, it already started Senate investigations on war profiteering. And the funny thing is, it's the same exact room they're using today to do the same kind of inquest that Truman had did. And I, I find that this administration is very symbolic on those kind of things. Uh, let me use this Bible that guy that guy did. You know, let me, you know, anyways, we won't. That's another show. Uh, okay. But so, so we know Walt approved this uh, this attraction. Uh, we know from a couple sources and Disney News, which mentioned an entertainment venue and, and a thing like that. Uh, we find enough sources that we believe are credible without conjuring up the spirit of Walt himself. That's right. Uh, now, if we need to go to that uh, level, maybe we'll bring the Ouija board in next time and we'll try to talk to Walt and, and uh, ultimately confirm it. But as far as we can tell... It is confirmed well, that, I, you know. And uh, I'll just go, I do remember Dave Smith over at the archives also talking about this subject, and he had brought out some of the original sketches from back then. When well, you know, I'm not so the, sure. Remember those series uh, Remember those series of postcards they used to sell at Disneyland? They sold them at Walt Disney World also. Yeah. They had those little vending machines for like a nickel or a quarter. You get a few. Uh, some of those, I believe, are the original Mark Davis sketches. And, of course, they got, you know, refined. His whole wall got pared down to you know, what, 10 or 12 or whatever the final number is in the show. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think we're pretty confident. You know, there would be there would be something to, to get. Just get Dave Smith on a show. That would be awesome. But, we might have to yeah, go Dave's, there, though. Dave's a nice guy. We might have to go there. Yeah, he looked kind of frail the last when I saw him a couple of years ago at the uh, Pirate premiere. And he was with a younger individual, I don't know, son, grandson. Because uh, I know there is an apprentice working with him because obviously the guy's not going to live forever. Um, so he is the archivist that seems to know a little bit of everything though. Again, uh, you know, uh, some bad stories do get perpetrated even by the, uh, people itself, who yeah. you would think would know. So, uh, and sometimes I think purposely because they just want to carry on the myth. Uh, but there's your postcards right there on that side, right there. I'm sure they are. I've got all these postcards, by the way, somewhere. Uh, I've got all the pirate this, ones too, which are well, very cool. This, this site ha actually has kind of they has some uh, from a uh, magazine, Desert Magazine of July '66, a uh, drawing of what Minerals King's hidden payload, a drawing of the resort, some of the resort was going to be like, and also the ski runs here as well. Yeah, the, the Disney News magazines. Got, I found three different articles with the artist conceptions and the descriptions and the, yeah, one awesome. of them even had the phases, you know, year one, you'll get this by year five. You'll have, I mean, it was, I think it was a five or six year project to the phase in everything. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think it would have been pretty exciting. It, you know, I, I didn't realize until I listened to the book Disney Wars and, and I did say, listen, that Disney owned, I think it was in, um, Colorado. They owned a kind of getaway. You might call it, uh, that had, you know, like spa, like a spa resort, basically, and they did corporate um, junkets back there, and it was Disney owned, and it had been Disney owned, I believe, since Walt's time. 
Uh, so every now and then you hear properties that, you know, it's just not really public knowledge that some of this stuff exists. Yeah, uh, D- Disney Company owns property, and just you, you name the city, they have some property there. Um, anything around the world. Rio Linda. No, that's that's not worth mentioning there. <laughs> Sacramento, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's some probably. Yeah, some you're pulling that out of your ass now, so that's all right. You're looking again, aren't you? All right. Uh, not since you broke my chair, I'm not. <laughs> okay, so we could say this is not, you know, we're this is a, a true. I think we've said okay. that a few times. As far okay. as we yeah. can prove the, without conjuring up Walt, yes, uh, then, it is true. Then let's uh. Let's move let's into wrap-up mode. Well, let's, you know, promote okay. West Fest, you know. In, okay, there's right, a thing right. called West Fest. Go to it. You got to be there, be square. Yeah. No, uh, West Fest coming up the on 30, uh, the April 30th through May 3rd. That's correct. And if you go to the uh, DPN West Fest site, there is a link at the forums, or you can go directly to dpnwestfest.com. I apologize. The site has been a little slow lately. It's a host issue. Um, so if you have to wait a couple of seconds, don't get too impatient. But the schedule is up there. There's a tab at the top of the West Fest, uh, DPN West Fest page uh, for the schedule. It is, it's a pretty full lineup of, of events. We've got uh, the second annual Rabble Rousers Meet with Aussie John. And uh, right now it's described as having a few drinks and a ride on Soren. Uh, so that... Yeah. Uh, so if you come to our meet, we'd suggest get your fast passes on the way in if you haven't been there all day, just in case the line Be prepared is. to hang out for a while. Or be prepared to hang out for a while. Yeah, that would be the other way to go. And so, you know, we start on Thursday, pretty much free days during the day. Fridays are free day during the day. And about six uh, things start kicking off uh, with meets. And then on Saturday and Sunday, they're, they're full days of meets. If you wanted to, you could probably go to every single one. I don't necessarily... Not that I would want to turn you away, but don't feel like you've got to do them all. Pick and choose what you like, who you want to see. Enjoy the parks. Uh, If you only go to one, that's okay. Just come have fun with us when you can. It's not about, you know, making brownie points and making it to every single one. That's not what it's about. No one will be Uh, offended if you don't make them all. Very true. Very true. So it's it's fun. There's going to be some great meets like, you know, the Mouse Lounge Martini Nightcap. You know, what else would the Mouse Lounge do, right? I mean, he's, he's the lounge. He's got to have That's a martini. Right. So there's, there's meets like that. Um, uh, there's Screaming Meets. There's Disney Geek Meets, uh, which is Disney Geeks to the Rescue at Monsters, Inc. Uh, there's a Midnight Cruise down the Rivers of Adventure over at the Jungle Cruise where we're hoping to get the last boat of the night, which sometimes can be the best boat of the day. Uh, so we'll see. And, of course, a fireworks meet, things like that. You know, so there's a lot of fun um, going on, I think. And I hope everybody that can come will come. And yes, it, make, it'll, make, it'll be a good time. Yeah, make a reservation at your, you know, the local hotels now, sooner the better. Because the uh, last couple of years, as it got closer, people did have a uh, hard uh, I, time I think finding the, rooms. I think the Desert Inn might already be close to being booked up so it, it could be so find a buddy online if you have to share a room do whatever you can uh, but you know get there be there you don't want to you know disneyland i don't think will let you sleep in your vehicle in the parking structure <laughs> i'm uh, pretty uh, sure they won't yeah <laughs> yeah what do they do richard if someone's got one of those big um you know like trailways bus type campers if you will 
can they park overnight there? Because sometimes you see those ones where the sides come out and they're all set up like they look like they're staying for a day or two. Will they let them stay out there? No, no, it's uh, no overnight parking over in that area. And so if someone a, comes a wrapping and they want you to leave, huh? Just like the old days. Yeah. Just like the old days, and that's 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 per the city on that one. That's not just Disney. The city said no overnight parking on that. So. Well, oh, I believe you've mentioned this before. That is city owned and leased back to Disney for X amount of years, correct? I believe that is correct. Yes, that is what I've been told. Okay, so it's not a fact per se. It's it's a story that has been told to you. It has, you know, I, I'm not going to say until I actually see the paper in my hand. So this it, could, I, this could be a, a, a mouse buster. Oh right yeah, but sounds kind of like a boring <laughs> one to me. Yeah, it is yeah, pretty boring. boring. Okay, so no overnight parking uh, with your camper if that's the way you're coming down. Find, hey, you got to find Wal- local campgrounds. Yeah, Walmart is just down the street. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Everybody is welcome at Walmart. That's right. That's, can't believe how many. You know, I got that Walmart that's just down the street from my house, and it's like suddenly here's all these campers sitting out there. And it's like whoa. Damn. You know, it's funny. That was my that was my uh, hesitation NIMBY. when they wanted to tear a school down. Yeah, my NIMBY, and it's Your not. It's, you know, it's two and a half miles down the road, but there was already one two and a half miles the other way, but. You know, whatever. Uh, they tore a school down to put in this thing, and there's a lot of controversy over that. But I, you know, I, I w- I'd heard that you know Walmart pretty much invited anybody with their campers just to stay overnight. Yeah. I haven't really seen that here. I don't know if it's the neighborhood, but I haven't seen a lot of that, and I expected to see that, and we're, we're not getting it. So I, I, I don't know why, but unless they're parking back around by the loading docks, out in the main parking lot. No. I, I don't see. I've, it was just this, you know, this one weekend. I don't know something. I guess was going on where we had a, quite a few, but I have seen it before, uh, just to a, a lot lesser extent. But if you go out on, uh, you know, the smaller towns out in the uh, country roads there, and you come across Walmart, yeah, you'll see about a dozen or more campers all parked out in their parking lot. Jeez, out there. When you're driving across country, they, I mean, truckers stop on on and off ramps. They. I felt yeah. pretty much safe. If there was a, you know, eight or, well, if there's two trucks, I'd park my car next to the truck and sleep for a while. Figure if the truckers felt comfortable, I felt comfortable, and you pull the magnum up, kind of pull in between the trucks, <laughs> snooze for a little while, get up and continue on across the country. Uh, but you know, I, I don't know that I would do that around here. You know, knowing that East LA is not the place to sleep in your car, <laughs> but out in the middle of nowhere, I, I had no idea where I. You know what was going on in some of these areas, but there's you know nothing for hundreds of miles. And figured if a trucker felt okay, I guess that was going to be good enough for me. That's pretty good there. Yeah, so that's interesting. So okay, we got West Fest that's coming up. Um, Send us more mouse it, buster ideas. Do 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 that because that'll be a fun show. But we can't do it unless you kind of yeah. give us something to bust or not bust. Um, but take but okay now but bust. take take the example. From Brad, be you know, or use his example as a lesson. Be a little more specific in your question. Yeah, is uh, you know, it, yeah. what do you want us to prove? What do you want us to disprove? Whatever. Right. Yeah. Are you believing it or not believing it? Uh, yeah, it's just you know, sorry to Brad, but yeah, be be a little clearer on how, and how you word that question. And it sounds like Mike has an issue with you already, Brad. How you word no, emails? No, <laughs> I did not. I did not. Other email. No, no, no. <laughs> No, oh, Brad should know uh, better. What's that? He said he should know better. 
to know better. Well, that, I guess he doesn't. But uh, uh, no. all right. Well, you know that sounds like. Um, yeah, that sounds that's like about, that's it. That's about it. Yeah, because yeah. this show was probably less about Disney than it was about a lot of other things. An awful oh, well. lot about football. No, it was hey, not well. an awful lot. Ten minutes, fifteen minutes tops. Steelers won. Yeah, uh, and Star uh, Trek. Six yeah. Super Bowls, only one loss in a Super Bowl. We are tough. We're yeah, better than those cheesy NFC teams like the 49ers and the Cowboys. I'll try right. that. <laughs> that, is, that is right. All right. Well, I'm I'm ready to say good night. Well, then say it. Good night. Nice. See you. Hey, Henry, what's holding you up? Let's get on with the show. We can't hang around here all day. Now, Buff, be patient. Takes a little doing to set these things up. Yeah, we ain't going anywhere anyhow. Uh, we're kind of hung up here. <laughs> okay, okay, boys. Take it easy, take it easy. Now we're ready to start. Sorry, folks. <laughs> I'll be right with you. <clears throat> Give me a little intro there, Gomer. Well, it's about time. Folks, welcome to the one and only original country band Jamboree, featuring a bit of Americana, our musical heritage of the past. But enough of this chit chat, yak yak, and flim flam. Just refrain from hibernating, <laughs> and we'll all enjoy the show because we've got a lot to give. He's a regular Liberace. <laughs> and it plays good, too. And right now, I give you a sorted assortment of executioners of music and song. The Five Bear Rugs. Plus, Gomer. Hit it, boys! plays the washboard with the handle of a hole. And Big Fred's playing mouth harp. He plays it kind of sad. He never took a lesson. He just picked it up from Dad. And little old Tennessee Bear is a featured on the thing. Sounds just like a guitar, but it's only got one string. Clap your hands and stomp your feet and try to keep right with them. One sure thing the bear band's got is real old country rhythm. Yeah, clap your hands and stomp your feet and try to keep right with them. One sure thing the bear band's got is real old country rhythm. Oh!
Ain't you gonna help me out over there, Henry? Goodness gracious, what do you think we have you on the show for? Now, Wendell. You're supposed to pick. Now, Wendell, please. If you can't cut it, just lay out. Well, let's not fight now, because we got work to do here. Well, let's do it. Now, here's a fractured folk song, butchered by two birds. Yeah, we wrote these lousy lyrics, and we also wrote the words. The chords are very simple. In fact, there's only three. First it's G, then C, and D, and then going back to G. But you gotta be quick. <laughs> and now, a heart-rendering ditty by our own growler of soul, Liverlips McGraw. Sing it, Mac. I got a woman, she's got me. Whatever we do, we both agree. She ain't pretty, but I ain't too. The things we like are the things we do. A woman ain't pretty, but she don't swear none. She's kinda heavy, don't weigh a ton. She's my woman through and through. I love her only cause her heart is true. We only have high-class stuff on this show. And now, here's a special treat out of Tampa. A little bit of ever-loving, cuddlesome fluff. Our own Trixie. Tears will be the chaser for your wine. After you leave this love of mine. Spend your time And tears will be the chaser for your wine Beautiful, beautiful well, That was a mighty big song, Trixie Oh, thank you, Henry <laughs> That sure ain't all that's big Well, you know lightweight yourself, Buff <laughs> Boys, boys Watch your manners. Yeah, if you can't say something nice... Uh, boys, or, uh, boys! Okay now, boys, if you just stop carrying on like... We just might dedicate this next song to y'all. And we so dedicate. Sure enough, we married. Oh, boy, ding, ding, Mary. Praise little gal, everybody see her name was devilish Mary. Oh, yeah. been married for about two weeks. She got as mean as the devil. And every time I look cross eyed, she hit me on the head with a shovel. I said, ring, dum, ding, ding, Mary. Praise little gal, everybody see her name was devilish Mary. Oh, yeah. Her name was devilish Mary. 
soon is now or never How long will these heartaches linger on And how long will my baby be gone Now here they come Those little sun bonnets from the Sunshine State Bunny, Bubbles, and Beulah. Every time I meet a guy who gets me shook, all I ever get from him is a dirty look. It's the same way everywhere I found. All the guys that turn me on turn me down. Dedicated and dimpled darling of the Dakotas, the last of the big time swingers, swinging Teddy Barra. Swing it, Teddy. Wow, wait, here she comes. Well, there he goes, he hardly knows the heart he's breaking. Lovely, lovely. I talk to him, but I don't think. Oh, just forget about the plans that we were making. My, my. Heart, we did all that we could. Y'all come up and see me sometime. You hear? Yeah. As soon as I find a ladder, I'll be right up. around 
the great big puddle of blood on the ground. <laughs> Born on the mountaintop in Tennessee Greenest state in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Tamed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett He loved the wild frontier All through the woods he's marching along Making up yarns and a singing a song It's perfect night Wait a minute Hold the phone down there. You've had your turn Henry, now. Henry, Henry, we need help. Right, right. Hey, gang, hit it. <laughs> he's big around the middle and he's broad across the rump. One night oh, long, take him 30 feet and jump. Hang on the road, never been tree. Some folks say it's a As you can see, we're just one big happy family. <laughs> <clears throat> well, folks, this concludes our show. So thanks for bearing with us to the bare end and barrel around to see us again. What do you say, Sammy? I say, y'all come back, you hear? We hope that you'll be coming back again. That you drop in to see us now and then. We've done our very best to please with just the bare necessities. We hope that you'll be coming back again. Come again. Come again. Anytime. The welcome man is always out and seeing you is fine. We hope that you'll be coming back again. That you'll drop in and see us now and then. We had such fun we're gonna cry. We just can't bear to say goodbye. We hope that you'll be coming back again. Y'all come back, yeah? Don't forget to gather your belongings. And your husband, too. <laughs> it's been good to have you. So long, folks.